0: The podcast under the stairs will feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners will find offensive. under the stairs hi everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs episode number 27 i'm your host duncan mcleish and well the planets have aligned they've all they've all come together it's the end of the world guys hell has frozen over um and who better to share this momentous apocalyptic moment than none other than my uh, former
1: co-host and very good friend the gaslight, Graham Humphrey. How are you doing, Graham? I'm good. This is a bit weird being in the same room and recording <laughs> this here. This is this is odd. I'm used to you just being a voice on Skype. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What we should have done at the start is hired a room. We're recording. I bought, I bought our recording studio if we'd had the budget. Aye, obviously, aye. Yeah, you know, we could it might, have started it might, a Kickstarter. It might have been a bit difficult with us being in different countries at the time. But
0: that yeah. If we we what we could have done. We is could a, have
1: got somewhere that was like halfway between Glasgow and London. We could have. And we could have
0: travelled for it. Uh, or. Develop the device using the fly, aye, and then put one where you were and one where I was, aye, and, and then, you then speak into the thing, <laughs> and, and our voice would teleport <laughs> through it to see one side. <laughs> Hello, um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, Graham, you have been away for a while. Um, obviously, it was I? I we posted on the Facebook page that you are you were going to do a bit of travelling, and of course, there were some distraught listeners out there who had. Um, I Heart Graham t-shirts uh, made up because you were like the favourite. You were the favourite on the show. I. Baz, It was right. all Baz. Baz <laughs> wore that t-shirt. Baz still wears that t-shirt. I've got one that says I Heart Baz but the heart's his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big dent in his <laughs> thing, to make the thing. Sorry, Baz. Um, but yeah, uh, so I, I was going to say since the last time I've officially spoken to you in podcast capacity because we, we chat back and forth anyway. Um, Tell us a lot about your about your travels. So, where did you go? What did you get up to? Um, obviously, I I don't want a on
1: day one. Maybe, <laughs> I don't want anything like that. But you can give us a wee bit of a, a plot what? synopsis. I, I actually, I actually kept like a daily sort of blog on what I've been doing, just what? so that like sort of you know, because obviously my memory only lasts about seven minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, like when by the time December comes around, someone says, you know, what what did you get up to in the states? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh I remember that. Um yeah, no we um I flew out to LA, met my mate out in LA. Apparently the hostel we were staying in is haunted. I didn't know that until after like after we'd left. Apparently like there's there's video footage of like some bud who was in a lift acting all weird and everything like that and then she disappeared and then they like found her body in like the water tanks like a few days later. What the fuck? But it was all locked and everything like that, so they can't figure out like how she get in there and everything fucking mad if she, I'd known that shit man I would've gone I would've gone <laughs> investigating it and it would've been like the innkeeper I, I was fucking chat sh- myself but uh, <laughs> you went up to that piano and it starts playing ah, right? exactly yeah, there, there yeah, was certainly that. there was no fucking piano in this place <laughs> man i can tell you that much there was a fucking bed and that was it but uh, yeah so I went out to LA went to Universal Studios went on the Jurassic Park ride I cried um,
0: <laughs> tears of joy though. tears of joy not, te- not ter- like, of, o- tears, tears of over, fear over-
1: overcome by just like the fact that there was actual real life dinosaurs <laughs> there. and they weren't animatronics right they were real life dinosaurs That's the only fucking place- amazing it's well known that's the only place in the world that they exist that's, uh, yeah, yeah obviously and uh, getting to do like the back, lo- back lot tour and everything like that mm-hmm. and you go past like uh, we drove past skull island which was amazing Oh, it was fucking amazing fuck. Aye, it was so badass and uh, and then there was like the cars from Jurassic Park and all that type of stuff there. that was amazing and one of those mad Dilophosaurus guys with the fan thing spat at yeah, me it was pretty awesome. you, but he didn't melt or die no he got water on my camera so I punched him in the mouth But because um, that's how you deal with dinosaurs <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> Glasgow rules enough of that that's why there's no, gla- uh, that's, why the there's the no dinosaurs, dinosaurs
1: in Glasgow myself. it's yeah. so that they were all malky to death <laughs> exactly did Brian Brian never did uh, respond to my invitation to come over and see how how we can be so violent? <laughs> come on, do
0: it. You get the boys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I thought I I did see I did see that statistic and I read it and I thought I don't actually necessarily think that's true. Apparently, Glasgow is also the gay
1: capital of Europe, though. So really, apparently, so taken over from Brighton. I mean, I'm not saying that gay people can't kill people. I mean, I'm all, well, for, I'm yeah. all for equal rights. Yeah, <laughs> if, uh, they kill yes. kill folk if you want, <laughs> gay or straight. I mean, who right? I to say? But uh, some
0: some big he- heavy hitting gay serial killers actually mm. um, out there in the world. Not that I'm insinuating it, that that's a a tangible link between <laughs> homosexuality and serial killing. But um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but no, Brian, Brian, um, you did extend the offer, and um, the, the offer did come across as slightly threatening though um, <laughs> and I don't know if he would necessarily want to come to what I'd just been told was one of the most violent places in the whole of Europe it's
1: fine
0: and, a, and an invitation which sounded slightly threatening it's fine <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing fine. will
1: happen to you honest <laughs> <laughs> no big deal Um Aye. Right, anyway getting back on, on track here mm-hmm. and then uh, we did Vegas that was amazing met Siegfried you did feeding feed. you, you did just you did. kicking about and, and uh, that's what they do aye obviously like he was there in a mad fucking velvet pimp suit it was fucking amazing man best guy ever he wouldn't shot up like he just kept talking to us and I was like mate I don't care
0: I was about to say did you understand him he's got a kind of is he not the one is he the
1: one with the freaky accent or is it the other one no like, he's, he's got a weird accent yeah, right? yeah I, I don't I think it was the other one who got like mauled by a lion that's right one My of lion. their
0: prized tamed lions yeah <laughs> took a took a dislike took a that. junkie oh face. this is the thing right think about it like you see if you have a dog right and like I've got two I've got two you have just been downstairs you've just seen the two That's no way to refer yeah. your wife <laughs> don't listen to him yeah, she doesn't listen to say anyway uh, but um uh, you, you've well, in that her case friend. I'll tell you These biscuits shit <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know if a dog's unhappy you know,
1: you're annoyed oh. well, the worst
0: thing it's gonna do is maybe bark growl and snarl at him if a tiger's unhappy it's going to maul you you well, know what I mean it's no, up man Aye, it's of a, there's no getting around it it's like that old adage you know you mess with the bull get the horns um, you... speaking of which I did touch a bull's balls in New York right we're going to get onto New York but <laughs> I, I, I'm intrigued right. I'm hoping that it was some part of some ritual to to give you good luck or something it uh, was that uh, big
1: like brass bull thing oh yeah, yeah yeah uh, apparently you supposed to touch its snout or something but I just touched its balls because they were there they were in my face and the front the front end had millions of tourists on it, and the back end was just being ignored. So I just just coped a few. The back end was being ignored. Oh, Poor man. guy, man. Everyone was like rubbing his nose and everything. It it's like you know what? I'm gonna give this guy some. <laughs> I'm gonna do the old classic reach around Exactly. I've come to his tough. The re- the least I can do is Robbie's boss. Right? Well, there you go. I can just say
0: right now, in the last thirteen official episodes of the podcast under the stairs. I can't remember actually ever talking about a bull's testicles. Um and that sort of thing <laughs> only happens when Graham's on here. I, can, I get the feeling that it's gonna be a different sort of podcast, and I'm down <laughs> with that. I'm ready to ride this roller coaster. I'm not calling Graham a roller coaster and there shall be no riding. But um I, oh, sorry, well maybe. We <laughs> uh you just but you did badmouth my biscuits, so fuck you. Um anyway oh, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> you that bought them. It wasn't me that bought the biscuits. Corin that bought them. Uh, Corin bought the biscuits. Um yeah, so so you did uh, you went out to um Vegas, you yep. met Siegfried. did did you gamble oh,
1: any? No but I did get my CSI diploma Your CSI diploma? <laughs> you can do a CSI experience Where you go and you need to solve a crime Obviously it's not a legit crime Well it might have been a legit crime I don't know Too too lazy it, the it, police it, it, departments <laughs> over there And they've stacked up competitions For people at work uh,
0: Can go you solve this crime? I think uh, I think the driver did it oh, That sounds good Diploma Dipl- Dipl-
1: Diploma uh, Arrest him man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you go through and it's all like, you, you go through, you examine the crime scene, it's crime screen? Crime, crime, that's, crime, that's even, even better. <laughs> I want to say, there should be a film called Crime, I can't even say it. Screen. <laughs> uh, so you go in, you, you examine the crime scene, you take notes and everything like that, you go through uh, DNA, you go through evidence, you she goes through autopsy and all this type that of stuff. It's sounds fucking man, amazing. It's fucking awesome, man. Like, they pretty much tell you the answer. I oh, doesn't that it's, matter. it's amazing, man. And it's like, you know, you're like having a video conversation with Grissom and all this type of stuff. It's obviously all pre-recorded. Oh, it doesn't no matter though. It sounds amazing. amazing. And then at the end, Old he, he, school Grissom. Yeah. Ah, obviously, Aye, obviously. Oh, yeah. So, so no, no the, and, I uh, don't
0: think, although the replacement characters won't be called Grissom. <laughs> Grissom one, two. Grissom will Lawrence Fishburne comes in. Uh, yeah, he was uh, one, wasn't he? Uh, it's Ted uh, dancing uh, now, isn't it? Aye, uh, Lawrence Fishbulb. Uh, um, which is weird. There's a weird tangible link there that Lawrence Fishburne um, on the show Hannibal plays uh, Jack Crawford. <laughs> and <laughs> the guy that played Grissom... Played Will Graham in Manhunter. That is true. Aye. There you go. Aye, Very aye. strange. What, what Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right what big eh? Cheers and uh, three men in <laughs> a little... No, it, and a baby and three right? men and a little lady. Uh, so yeah, that's all he's done. He's
1: done three men and a little lady. Fucking hell, man. He's a busy man. <laughs> he Is I? Uh,
0: Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood stories. That'll be. The- <laughs> oh my god! Rob um, Harris in there, man. I, imagine <laughs> if that was the name of his biography. <laughs> I did, <laughs> and then a little lady.
1: Better than I did, even in the baby. Oh, uh, fuck. Oh, that's uh, a, a dark chapter. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I came out of that and they made me pose with a gun, which I wasn't okay with, but in my mind. Real gun? Uh, it felt pretty heavy. Mm. I'd imagine it wasn't loaded, but. Um, <laughs> I would me could, uh, If it had been, Kim, I'd have probably shot me in the face because she was pointing it <laughs> like it was at my face, but uh, never no, <laughs> mind. But um, well, the, the way to tell is if they give you a gun, if you wave it over the top of the crowd and everyone ducks, it's loaded. Right, cool. Cool. I I'll, just know, I'll remember that for next time uh, went to the Grand Canyon. It's fucking stunning, man! Like, me, like is it, it as big as it looks? I it's it's bigger than it looks. In yeah, photos, yeah, yeah. Like, You can't take photos that do it justice. Like it's just it's fucking mega. Mm-hmm. Like it's like literally breathtaking. Like, yeah. you know it's just like, and there's like fuck all barriers and stuff. Up, man, you I me I couldn't I couldn't go with that. I need it's, barriers. It's I need amazing. barriers for um, fear
0: of a gust of wind or a pigeon hitting me a <laughs> seagull grabbing me and it's talons and dropping me because seagulls
1: have talons <laughs> the ones in the ones in Vegas <laughs> when in Vegas uh, Grand Canyon's not in Vegas mate no neither is it's outside it's
0: Ah, uh, it's outside is, is it not Grand Canyon it's close though aye yeah, aye because yeah,
1: you can yeah. do a helicopter ride from Vegas over
0: it yeah 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 yeah
1: but um, so it's yeah, over the we, border we, we then went, aye we we went in the, the bus like past we Dam and all that too and then like, then like a couple of days later when we were in Texas we were talking to someone about Arizona and I was like I've never been to Arizona and then as soon as that left, left my mouth it was like except the other day when I was through there in the Grand Canyon but other than that I, other, I've never been to Arizona other than that day I spent in Arizona like yesterday <laughs> I've never been there I've never been to Arizona apart from that one day that I went there and realised that it's just a giant hole yeah <laughs> it's really in the planet I don't, I, mean, I don't know what else there is in Arizona I didn't go exploring but um, the Grand was, Canyon was fucking amazing definitely right. heavy amazing Um, and then we did Texas and uh, there's fucking nothing to do in Dallas if you've not got a car I would imagine there's uh, a lot of food though really good food there was a lot of food it was Mardi Gras while we were over there so like My everyone was, was battering into like crawfish which I don't really like I don't like seafood oh EJ Tiger I <laughs> was how shocked i was always said you didn't like crawls. I was like you don't like crawfish how dare you sir uh, so I was just eating fucking millions of buffalo wings um, so that was good uh, other than that, there's not really a whole lot to do except stumble into Brett Michaels gigs.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. I, you know the thing about it was I was sitting on this side of the world here with uh, the very miserable weather we were having, and Graham's like, I'm going to America. Yeah,
1: okay. I'm just going to America. I'm
0: gonna go. I'm away five, six weeks or whatever. And I was like, ah, I, actually, like, I, I decided don't... like a week and a half. Before you did I left pretty was much. I us, uh, like, I'm going. Man, I'm going. It's, it's alright. I'm away. Everything's fine. And I was like, cool, cool. And I was like, I hope he has a really good time. And then I started seeing the photos, and I was like, actually, I hope he doesn't have a really good time. <laughs> I hope is I hope your good time stops now <laughs> and then there's just photos of you hanging out with Siegfried with, with fucking dinosaurs and then all of a sudden Met Beetlejuice Brit- as well You met Beetlejuice? Ah uh, and saw a show by the Blues Brothers Right See so when you say you met Beetlejuice I'm assuming that something- I, met, I met a cunt dressed as Beetlejuice Right I just, to, I just wanted to stress that, that you know for some reason an you know, inexplicable <laughs> reason that Michael Keaton's constantly dressed
1: as Beetlejuice <laughs> on the weekends just walking about the place going that, that say, my name, say my name say my name Best Michael Keaton moment ever and this is going to mean nothing to anyone listening here but um, you know Lev obviously yes yeah of Lev course. Lev went yeah. to uh, like some collector mania thing in Glasgow a couple of years ago Yeah, yeah and yeah. there was a guy called Michael Keating there who uh-huh. played Doctor Who Oh something hey, yeah. like that or he was yeah, that Doctor yeah. Who and the, the original one so Lev went up to, to Michael Keating with a copy of the original Batman on DVD and got him to sign it and the guy was just like what oh, the f- okay what the fuck and Lev's like oh mate you were the best Batman in them all and everything like that <laughs> fucking amazing so good man so the guy signed it saying good luck Michael Keating uh, that's pretty funny it's amazing but, eh? well, you
0: know what would be even creepier though is if he actually was Batman hmm? and he's been he's been secretly keeping his identity all this time and you know that when the film amazing. came in he gave a chuckle because there was a guy starring like him <laughs> with a similar name but all of a sudden he's been rumbled that's what it is mate it's Lev has been
1: heard from since Lev has been here from. No, nah, sorry, so he didn't he? Didn't he disappear or anything under? Nah, he's still talking shit. Um, <laughs> Can't stole my cab. He stole your cab. Stole my fucking cab, like my orange cab. Oh, I know, I know. Aye, you... aye like he, he went down. He went down to the studio because obviously I was keeping it at the studio, mm-hmm. and I wasn't using it because I was in London. But uh, so he went down to the studio and uh, or he phoned. He phoned. He phoned Yorgo and said like can we come in and get it and George was like well obviously you need to run it by Graham first and he's like ah he said it's fine and Graham fine. says it's fine so right. <laughs> he just fucking showed up and took it out of the studio and it, like the first I heard it was like when I went to see them one night and they were using my fucking car <laughs> dicks he's like looking at it and going that car looks familiar <laughs> <that it>? exactly like, <laughs> said he doesn't like orange doesn't say, why does it say Graham Humphrey on the side and why does it have an outline of the penis that I drew on it <laughs> <what the> fuck? <laughs> uh, anyway that's, that's a side, side note Lev if you listen to this um, <laughs> uh aye, and then so there's not a whole lot to do in Dallas. It was nice, but there wasn't a whole lot to do there. But we were staying with mates, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then we did New York, New York, and New York was 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 awesome. Met the lovely Vanessa. The lovely uh, hi
0: Vanessa. That's twice she's been shouted out She was shouted out in the last show as well. Baz really? was giving her a bit of a shout because she's become she's recently started mothering Baz. Um, Why is she um, not mothering me?
1: Although she did buy me chocolate when I was there. Well, um, I'm, 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 the, this is still a like great area. She brought chocolate and then left it on the table, uh, so I'm not sure if it was for us. But I ate it. Have you asked her since? Well, she didn't seem too bothered by it, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not convinced that that's because she's not just a really nice person. And was just she that, went home? What that motherfucker from fucking and <laughs> ate my fucking to, chocolate. Comes to my state <laughs> in my country, eats my fucking chocolate. The bastard. Um, no, but she took us to the the slaughtered wolf, slaughtered lamb, sorry, slaughtered lamb. lamb was yeah, Newcastle werewolf. Which, which sounds amazing because I do I do love Newcastle Brown, mm-hmm. um, which you can get quite easily in uh, in America. It's right? become quite a big thing in America. It's really nice, man. I really like it. Uh, I didn't drink a drop yet when I was living in Newcastle, ironically.
0: I you know these things happen. Yeah. So there's a lot of Scottish um, people that don't drink whiskey. That's but, true. You know when they go abroad, like people. Are, no, oh, you're from Scotland. Have some whiskey. <laughs> I,
1: that happened to me when I was in Toronto. Like I, I ordered drinks at the bar, and the guy standing next to me just bought me a pint of Guinness, and I was like. oh. Thanks, thanks, very much, mate. It was it was this was like <laughs> make, make you feel more at home. And I was You're like, well, right, th- thanks very much. Well, I'm not Irish, I'm Scottish. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. So he bought me a whiskey. So I went back to the table with my round plus a pint of Guinness and a shot of whiskey. I was tanning them. Was, when you said to me that you were
0: going to move to Toronto, I couldn't work out why you went to. That's why. And now it suddenly dawns on me: people buy you drinks here,
1: just plying yep. you alcohol. Pretty much, man. Oh ah, well, suppose. you're a
0: good-looking fellow, I can't blame him.
1: So, aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, met the lovely Vanessa, she came out with us a couple of times, we ate pizza, that was amazing. Saw Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in a play together that was not X-Men the musical, but should have been, but that was amazing anyway. Yeah. Um, saw all the pure, fat, shite cunts dressed as Spider-Man in times Square. amazing, so amazing, they're just fucking gold. Were, uh, were the
0: women wearing bikinis playing guitars there?
1: Ah yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. I I saw them as well. Uh,
0: and the people that come up say, "Take a photo with me," and then try to charge, and then charge you, fucking madbox for it. Yeah, uh, and you're like, "No, the photo's already been taken." Sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: met the guys from uh, that movie, uh, that show Psych. Don't know if you know it. Kim Kim's a big fan. No, and I don't, The no. girl we were staying with's a big fan, so we went down to meet them. It was fucking freezing. Um, it was St. Patrick's Day when I was there, so I wore my kilt. So oh, yes, I wore the kilt, and it was minus eight which was chilly but when when we checked it on the news apparently it had a wind chill of minus 32 so for all you American people listening that's in degrees Celsius so I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit but it's It's fucking fucking cold cold. (laughs) my balls were at my tits man because obviously I was wearing the kilts I wasn't even wearing anything underneath it man so my balls were they were fucking pretty much up my eyes were fucking freezing so cold man (laughs) Uh, but it's good
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, people around you wondering why you've got three Adam's apples <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't punch me in the throat uh, oh man um, aye so aye so that, that was uh, there was probably a fucking million other things to do I uh, we went to Central Park that was uh, beautiful I absolutely mm. loved it um, I went through the,
0: Central Park I did the horse and carriage ride oh really yeah. because was it headless oh, oh, <laughs> oh that would have been amazing Christopher Walken oh fucking oh, like, oh, I I sharp teeth in that uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did the uh, I went round. Obviously, I, I went round with my wife uh, because this was a this was a special husband wife day in New York. that I oh, had to do things that she wanted, um, <laughs> and I actually quite enjoyed it. But, uh, but don't tell her that. Yeah, <laughs> i was like, i fucking hear this. Um, but the the guy the guy that took us round in the horse and carriage was a wee kind of South American guy. Uh. And I and, um, and before we before we got on there, of course, I, I was looking at the plaza. I'm like, the plaza hotel. When Corinne's like, eh. and I was like, you've seen this before. And she's like, have I was like, that? <laughs> Home alone too, <laughs> and she's like, mm, and I'm like, he stays in the plaza. And of course, I'm like, that, so we get into the horse and carriage And we're going around, and the guy obviously starts telling you about everything ah, yeah, that's yeah, ever yeah. been shot, ah, even around yeah. areas, pointing out the, the two buildings which were used in Ghostbusters. Oh, we and did,
1: we actually went to the Ghostbusters. Did you go as far, far up as that? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 never,
0: we never went up as far as that, but he pointed that out to us. And, uh, but of course, the, the, one of the first things he says, because it's on that edge where all the horse and carts are, like, like there is the plaza. He's like, yeah. Hey, do you know what film was shot in the plaza and I was like that <laughs> Home Alone 2 and he went the film was Home Alone 2 clearly not listening I'm to a word you were saying he was just don't. doing the same speech every time and I was like I said that and he's like yeah He's you like, you know okay, what film Macaulay? was shot there <laughs>
1: shut up yeah dick Home Alone 2 that's right yes. um, we went I'm not paying you to talk <laughs> that's right gave
0: us the whole thing all the way around it was I'm really really cool. nice Um, a, to- a total touristy thing to do but we never walked through it and there was loads of places in it that I thought on a nice day this would be beautiful
1: yeah we we went like just kind of uh as it was as the sun was starting to go down so well, i've got quite a lot of photos um the, like because obviously me being me and being a tourist I was just constantly taking photos yeah you um, are kind that
0: you, you you're almost if I didn't know you any better I would have thought you were from Asian descent yeah <laughs> because you do um. take a lot of photos are you yeah
1: yeah the, yeah. the, the Humphreys of Van <laughs> <I, I, laughs> that's exactly. right I remember well, I remember I, hearing about them Irish Asian
0: um. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a sake a whiskey and I guess you got exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you could have you could have milked that like, You could have done you done, uh, just think... like that I'm I, I actually
1: 117th Russian <laughs> Uh, with the vodka. <laughs> I think yeah, uh, I think my dad said like, the family is actually from Belgium, so the, the Belgian beer man. We'll go with that. Belgian beer, aye, right, so like a... fucking Belgian beer man, whiskey, Guinness, sake, vodka, and a, uh, yeah, right. cool, and an orange juice, and an just, <laughs> orange juice, man. just for the Cause sake. Because I once went to America and Florida's in America, and they have oranges <laughs> there. So hit me up with the orange juice, guys. <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, aye, so that was. That was that was that and that was America. And you have come back. You're you're gonna be here. Well, you've been here. Uh, you've been back about a month and a bit. Yeah, I came back at the the end of March.
0: End of March. So you've been here. Yeah, so I've well, been back two two full months now. Two full months, and you've got about two I've three, got, months, three months. I've
1: got two. No, no, no. I've got two full months left. Yeah. Um, and then as of August 11th, mm-hmm. I will be in Toronto. Toronto, and you will be staying there for a minimum of a year. Minimum of a year. Yep. So. Warn the ladies. Yeah. Warn I mean, the men. What what warn the more, more importantly, <laughs> Well warn warn, <laughs> warn fucking leafs, right? Because like it's about time you pulled your fucking fingers out your ass, right? You haven't won the cup since nineteen sixty seven. I'm coming over to fucking see this happen, right? So fuck off. I thought you were gonna really say you were gonna go over and coach them. Just like oh, no, show look, up one day you know and just what I do, I do need to get a job out there, so I might as well just get a job playing for Leafs because they can't really do much worse. Well, there you go. I think so that's there uh, you go.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that there um, you go. So, so all you Canadian folk out there, especially if you're in or around the area of Toronto, you better watch, cause uh, watch out and one
1: smoked poutinery because I am fucking coming for that bad boy. There you go. I don't even know. He's speaking in foreign languages already to poutine's me. poutine's amazing, right? It sounds fucking ranted, but it's like it's chips smothered in like hunters a gravy with cheese curd on top. That does sound quite nice actually. It's fucking brilliant man. Like see when you go out and get smashed instead of like stumbling home and having a kebab Mm. you just stumble home and have a a box of poutine. It's (laughs) fucking amazing man, it's so good. It started in Quebec, but I'm going to Toronto, so we'll just ignore that uh, part. Um, no, it's damn it's, French Canadians. Exactly, filthy Frenchies. <laughs> 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 See, you're practically Canadian. Fucking I mean, UKIP, man. UKIP come in for a week and they've got me smack-talking Yeah, French you. Kept par- him, uh, yeah, UKIP. Yeah, this is, this is what happens. This it's a disaster. You, although, fucking French voted in the um, non-EU representative. Yeah, before, but so. I, French are like that, though. French take out The French now, man, have this.
0: a slightly racist side that comes out. Slightly. Yeah, every now and again. <laughs> um, I, I mean, the first time I went to Paris, I thought they were the most. Uh, I thought Parisians were the most ignorant people on the planet. I and went then over you went there. To London. Well, I went. <laughs> No comment. Um, but I went over for my honeymoon, and they were the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's because just, they could smell
1: that you'd been there before. I think that's ah. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> my passport. It's okay. We can talk to him. Um, so yeah, so you're going over there, and uh, I'm going over there to fucking escape UK, right? I don't think we can. I, know, I don't. We, we we don't really have a whole lot of listeners in the UK here, so we don't want to get too political. And yeah. Also, in case anyone listening does. Uh, you know, support UKIP. We don't want to scare them off, but if you do, fuck you. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you
0: may as well unsubscribe to this, this, uh, this
1: podcast. Because to be honest I with can, you, I can see Baz going that way, man. Baz going the UKIP way. <laughs> oh my god! I'm only joking, he Baz. Probably, I well, really. what you don't
0: know is he founded them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a part of a, a, a comedy trio that he had Barry back in. Raj.
2: <laughs>
0: comedy trio had back at college um, when he went to uni took a bit more of a thing he disassociated himself from the party and <laughs> it's, it's grown since then so he's the man behind it all <laughs> big badge UKIP uh, <laughs> but no uh, yeah so I, I'm I mean obviously I will miss you but you come you're was you come come like, you're it? not
1: that far away in terms Like, like see, see in terms of actual travel time mm-hmm. Like, see if you'd driven to London to come and visit me. Yeah. It would have taken, like, eight, nine hours, right? Yes. See, you fly over to Toronto, it takes, like, nine, ten hours. So, it's a, oh, So cool, really, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a flight, and, you know, you can't just jump in the car and drive back home, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is what I did. But, yeah. um, you know, but fuck it, man, I'll swim it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was going to say, as well, um, I mean time difference but there's nothing stopping you coming back to give us a check in every now and, Aye, and obviously, yeah. and you'll be able to see
1: films well in advance of myself well yes and no because the fucking problem right we were in we were in New York right? yeah yeah which is where Captain America is set yes and it came out in the UK first uh, that seems to happen quite a lot in the Marvel things. Yeah. For some reason, I don't yeah. know why so the they. Thor obviously came out first year because it was shot in London. Yes. Although, yeah. you know what, right? This fucking did my tits in, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just this isn't is... going
0: to be the, the, the underground. Ah,
1: it is! It's fucking <laughs> it's unacceptable, right? It's bullshit, right? He fucking, he fucking transports or teleports. I can't remember what it is. Right. I, I watched the movie on the flight over to LA, right? Oh, so you were so, angry on that flight, so, <laughs> 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 It was Air, Air New Zealand that we were flying over with, so it was this. Poor Kiwi bastard sitting next to me, who's like, you know, travelling from fucking London back to um, New Zealand, which is a hell of a flight. Uh, they didn't even stop in LA; they just kicked me out. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so like, we were sitting in the four seats in the middle, and he was uh-huh. on one end, and I was on the other and There was, there was no one between us. But I'm, so I'm watching Thor, and he teleports or transports or whatever the fuck it was. I can't. I, I wasn't really enjoying it. I anyway. <laughs> And he ends up in fucking Charing Cross Station, right? Yes. Just as a tube pulls in. And the doors open and he says to this woman, how do I get to Greenwich? And she says, go on this train and go two stops, right? Well, first of all, (laughs) right, there's no Greenwich Station. There's North Greenwich, but North Greenwich is not Greenwich, right? Second, (laughs) North Greenwich is on the fucking Jubilee Line. They were on the Central Line, right? So what what should have happened (laughs) is you need to get on this train and go, probably your quickest route is going to be to go to Leicester Square, and then jump on the Piccadilly line from there, and then go one stop, and then go to Green Park, and then go on the Jubilee line, go to North Greenwich, and then when you get off there, you need to get on a couple of buses, but if you go down there, you should be able to get there within about an hour or so. No! Two stops this way! <laughs> Fuck off, Thor! and saying that, though, Thor is a, a, a mythical... It cult. was set in London, <laughs> right? They were fucking... <laughs> nah, bullshit, man. But anyway, so I was so fucking Bielan, that uh, American people bealing is like being really angry. Um, so I was fucking bealing, and like uh, the guy next to me could see that I was agitated. He was like, What's up? And I had this whole spiel to him, and he just kind of went, Alright. He just put his headphones back on and was like, What the fuck, man? Trust I mean, me to get like, stuck behind beside <laughs> the psycho on the plane. The angry Scottish bastard, man. Living up to some stereotypes here. Yep. Um, uh, so <laughs> is I mean, it sink your drink when exactly. you demand another. Uh that was fucking like actually like I didn't get any free booze on that flight, but when we flew over to Toronto last year, like um we were flying on Air Canada yeah. and um the, the woman came around with a trolley and she was like, Do you want it? do you want a drink? I was like, I've got no cash on me And, and she, she was like, like no, 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 it's fine, it's complimentary yeah. And I was like, Alright, oh, okay, what well, can I can I just have a, an orange juice or something mm-hmm. like that then? And Tony was, you know, like, oh, can I have a, a glass of wine? And I was like, what is the booze complimentary as well? She's like, yeah. I was like, can I have a gin and tonic, please? <laughs> and then like every time she went past, I was like, no gin tonic. I was <laughs> fucking smashed by the time we got there. It's, the, it's the best thing about it's like so
0: full on long hair, uh, long haired, long haired, long haired flight attendants. Long haired flight attendants will <laughs> give you free alcohol. The short haired ones, bitches. I know. Um, no, a lot long flight um, ones uh, are you tend to if you pay you tend to you know yeah. the reputable ones well, yeah. you'll tend to be given complimentary booze which um, is amazing which, when but we went to Japan I, I, I was about halfway through the flight before I realised that the Heineken was free <laughs> and then after that I tanned a lot Yeah, I, yeah. living up to my stereotype ah, once again Scots guys yeah. on a, you know I was I was fucking
1: no I'm flying over Aer Lingus this time though so mm-hmm. no free booze but like uh, rather than being stuck is that in, Aer Lingus or Conno Lingus Aer Lingus yeah, that's alright then I'm, I'm was flying over Conno Lingus see what happens um, <laughs> making an impression straight from the get go uh, but the, the Air Canada flight was like 1300 quid the Aer mm-hmm. Lingus one was like 500 oh so wow there's like no competition cable, but it's got an 8 eight hour 6 hour sorry layover in Dublin airport right which is going to be great fun and then well you're part um, Irish so that's true you're right? just going home ah, that's true <laughs> Um, and then no free booze on the flight and I also need to pay for the meal <sighs> Which is bullshit, man. Ah, but your meal and your alcohol are still not going to cost you seven hundred pound. Hopefully, Close enough, man <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I'm just going to get to Canada. wearing the kilt. I'm going to basically, I'm going to wear the kilt until I get a girlfriend. <laughs> That's the plan, man. Free booze and hey. So Let's see what happens. if you're in and around the Toronto area
0: and there's a guy walking around wearing a kilt all the time, it's Graham. Go over and give him a hug. If you're a single lady um and you don't have any nasty habits, Graham would like to speak to you. What are the nasty habits?
1: Nasty habits, uh <laughs> um don't be a cunt. That's that's about it. It's the nastiest of all habits. That is really. the nastiest yeah. of all habits, is Can you deal with snoring? Uh yeah. Like, so, um, I can't can hmm. hack snoring man, like canny deal with it at all. Uh, other than that. I'm um, I'm pretty easy. <laughs> You're pretty. <laughs> no, no, it has, it has no, been it's... a while, man. It has been a while. So, so uh, beggars can't be choosers here. Um, so, hey guys, if anyone, if you'll pardon the, the expression, fancy throwing me a bone here, then um, you know where to find me. Oh, see the podcast. God. See when I left it, right? It yeah. took it. got so much high highbrow or like so much more highbrow, and now I've come back on, and we've instantly been talking about Bill's bars. Uh, fucking me getting shagged. Uh, <laughs> it's scary how easy I've slid back into it though. <laughs> easy tiger. Hey ho. <laughs> well, that's you not go. the type of shagging I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um,
0: this seems like an appropriate bit to cut out. <laughs> um, when we return, we're going to be. Doing some news stories, There's three stories, we're going to talk about. So we're going to be right back. after... None of which involve me shagging. Instantly. None of them, unfortunately, is. Uh, unfortunately, this bit might have to be a bit more serious, which I don't Boo. know. If yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so I'll put a time code, not people can skip ahead to the <laughs> <that again>. so, <laughs> <just> fucking fuck the news. Right, so we're going to be right back after this break. And welcome back, and it's time to discuss News. some the stories. I'm Still got Graham here, he's not ran away yet. Which Sorry is... guys. <laughs> uh, we'll pick three stories which I, I think we've found quite interesting, um, and some are, are more popular than others, and I think we should get the first one out of the way straight away. The trailer has now officially dropped, um, the full-end trailer that is, for Eli Ross, The Green Inferno. Um, according to Shock Till You Drop, uh, this one gives a much better look at Eli Ross latest directorial effort and provides you with a bit of setting up and drives the meat uh, oh, that's quite funny that eh? you're quite funny with words uh, characters into I'll the jungle i drive my meat into you, eh? <laughs> it's been a wee while remember folks <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I thought we were going to be
1: more serious here I'm trying <laughs> Uh, to I, be honest if they, articles, if they yeah. put shite puns in there I'm going to make shite puns about shagging in there right gonna, well, you have met me before I so have yeah I should, have, I good should good. have known that <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> wee, wee jab, wee a wee jab that's a callback yeah, that's, exactly. that's a four month callback <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> characters into the jungle where they encounter a tribe of cannibals Open Road releases the film on September 5th it's directed and co-written by Roth with Gilmero Amon Am- Amodil. Amodil? Who is it? Uh, yeah, I'd go, uh, I'd go with that. Uh, Amodio, The Green Pharaoh stars a lot of folk um, <laughs> who play group of student activists who from New York City travel to the Amazon to protect a dying tribe but crash into the jungle and are taken hostage by the very natives they saved. So, uh, we watched the trailer. Uh-huh. Um and we both kind of agreed the cinematography looks lush mm. it does look really nice the colors as well very vibrant and um, the question is are you excited to check out this film
1: well see what i was thinking while i was watching it is that this essentially looks like the lost world but with cannibals instead of dinosaurs <laughs> so i'm kind of expecting a sequence where the head cannibal gets kidnapped and taken back to New York, I think it was in in the movie. Yeah, that's right. And starts running about and eating the dog and all that type of stuff. That could happen, man. That could happen, <laughs> and I would be fine with it. Um, it, look, it looks okay. I'll probably watch it. Um, it looks like it could be quite a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you're saying, it looks. Excellent. It looks stunning. Um, I think that's the thing. I think. And but we also said that Eli Ross never had a problem in that capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the like the tribe, obviously, being a, a legitimate tribe and everything like that, I think that'll be quite cool. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it'll actually be any good is a different matter. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of cannibal movies. Yeah. Um, I, unlike Baz, I don't think Cannibal Holocaust was real, but I just didn't really <laughs> enjoy it at all. Like, I'm just, I don't know. It's like a rough watch, is. I think, though. I think I, it's, I, a, I it's a the, difficult one. The, the idea of cannibals just kind of like, I don't know, like with, with vampires, it's kind of one thing, mm-hmm. and with zombies, it's kind of one thing, but. Mm-hmm. With cannibals, I just kind of... I know that cannibalism is a legitimate thing, obviously. Yeah. But I just kind of always struggled to get my head into the place where I could sort of believe that it's likely to to happen in I, the way that it does in movies, you know? Yeah, where yeah, You yeah. just fucking sit down and start eating your feet. Yeah, yeah, Um <laughs> <like> This <laughs> little piggy went, Ow! I just um, thought I was getting a foot massage. Right? <laughs> next thing I know, three, three toes were on my mouth and not in a sexual way. <laughs> oh fucking it that's another bad habit I'm not <laughs> right with that fucking keep your fucking feet away from my <laughs> Stanky boots, skanky uh, boots oh no, no, no that, was like, wee, that was a wee
0: pun there ska- was oh, b- boots b- b- uh, so yeah I, I I know what you mean I'm it's never been a a firm favourite sub-genre of horror yeah. although in saying that I did check out We Are What We Are last year by um, Jim Mickle and it deals with cannibalism but it deals with it in the "Ah, background the the whole premise of the film is that you have a film that has uh, a family that's been built up on tradition the tradition happens to be cannibalism but it's how the new generation moving up feel about it Um, and that's the primary driving force and cannibalism is in the background we
1: started that in Scotland with Sonny Bean come on now yes we did in fact we finished mentioning that the Baz
0: who we've been talking about there watched a film based on that oh yeah I've never I've, seen I've it seen, I've seen the trailer
1: for it it looked fucking
0: terrible well I think by <laughs> I said, it wasn't the best film but uh, he, I, he started watching it and funnily enough he saw it the night before he watched Cannibal uh, Holocaust oh, right, 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 completely right. different
1: experience ah. uh, Sonny, Beans, Sonny Bean's at the uh, Edinburgh Dungeon but oh yeah but he's dead though no that's him <laughs> that's <laughs> how he <it> stays so, <laughs> so <laughs> useful he, he, he eats <laughs> flesh cannabals that's, that's is Charlie's is... secret man <laughs> <laughs> he's been eating other bands fucking hell if Charlie hears me say that he'll kill you I don't think he's ever listened to it by a mate. that's why you're moving isn't it one one time I looked at Charlie's profile on Facebook and my laptop got a virus where it just kept building muscle mass (laughs) (laughs) Charlie is this guy in Glasgow who's like the size of six guys. He's just fucking, he's real life Wolverine to anyone listening. There you he's go. He's fucking terrifying. So
0: back on topic here. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm i interested to check it out. We've had this conversation before. I think between the two of us, we only really think that Eli Ross had one good film. The other two have been... Do we? Yeah, well, you liked Hostel, did you not? No. (laughs) Did you not at all? I always try and convince myself that I like Hostel, and then then I watch it, and it's like,
2: yeah.
0: See, I really like Hostel. I think Hostel has... I think Hostel at least has a purpose and a message, even though, like... Most of his films are dogged with this claim that there's a very frat boy mentality, and I can see where that's coming from. In the case of Hostel, there's a reason for that frat boy mentality. I've just never found that in any of his other films. I thought, thought, um, like... people were very quick after Hostel to basically say that you know he was the next big thing in horror he was going to be the next big director and the reason they did that was because the, the master class were, were getting old your Cravens yeah, yeah, yeah. your Carpenters um, your uh, Argentos and stuff like that Romeros they were all getting to a certain age where none of them had really put out anything mm. with the exception maybe of Craven um, but, but even then Screen 3 had come out and Screen 3 was an atrocity He was fucking um
1: a heinous yeah. man. So Screen Four was actually alright. I told you eight,
0: eight, I changed one, my one. I changed my opinion on that Did after you? appearing on the Skeleton Crew. because uh, I watched it at the cinema and I remember seeing it at the cinema and just going No! Fucking <laughs> like, you're getting really angry and um I'd never I never went back to it after that and then I sat down and watched and I realised how much fucking fun that film is. Yeah, I, and really it is man. is yeah. legitimately a fun movie. It's not. It's not going to ever recapture the like the the spirit of the first one. Even yeah, like yeah, the yeah. second one, maybe to an extent. But um, in fact, but in terms of my ratings, I think I rated them one. F- I oh, would go one four two three. That's what I did yeah, at yeah. the end. And when I when I spoke to you, I said it was going to be one two four three. So I changed them around. Four of these, fuck
1: oh, no. Did right. I tell you that I, I nearly broke through a like um, bus station because I was trying to steal the poster for Scream Four that was just out next to <laughs> my uni building? No, <laughs> it didn't work. I couldn't get through to it. But I was trying <laughs> to steal the poster of it. <laughs> but yeah, I think I um, think from that old
0: kind of school of directors I think it was very Hollywood were looking at someone that they could basically say this is a new they kind of almost carry the torch and unfortunately I think a lot of of that was shoved on Eli Roth and obviously I had friends like Tarantino and that that were championing him and um, I think that maybe unnecessarily made us expect too much from him Mm. Um, I mean this film looks alright I've said before I think that I'm I think probably the best cannibal film that ever has been made is Cannibal Holocaust but it's not an easy watch mm. and they probably took it as far as they can within the mm. the genre even though it is found footage, I think that they, they nail a lot of it correct mm. um, not necessarily in what actually happens in cannibalism, I just think the, the feel of how a horror film containing cannibals should feel, I think they, they've done that and obviously this is, this is heavily influenced the work here because Green Inferno is the quote in yeah, yeah. Now he's making a film called Green yeah, Inferno, yeah, yeah. and it's a similar premise. Yeah. It's a group of film. Well, in the case you this well, it's not filmmakers, it's a group of uh, oh, it's, humanitarians. It's but um, it's a similar sort of idea. Going to the it, remote area did you not and all get this.
1: get the director of Carnival Holocaust on set at one point? Like, is he, ah, yeah. is, um, he, is he not like making a cameo in it or funny, something
0: like that? I have a. This is really weird. This is really weird because I was chatting to the, the artist. Graham Humphreys,
1: oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the
0: guy who has very, 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 it was a wee bit freaky because when I introduced him, I wanted to say that ghastly Graham Humphreys. and I thought, I don't know this guy. Oh, um, man, you should have just got me in on that. I should have just that. Would have been, been I, when I went Graham, you would have been like, aye and he would have been, been, aye and I would have been like, aye. I don't think he'd have said, aye no, he, no, he would have been hello. Um, he <laughs> doesn't talk like that, Graham. If you're listening, I'm sorry because uh, he'll be coming back on at some point. So maybe I should give oh, him you him get him Oh, yeah, give me on. Yeah, yeah, on that will be amazing. I'll be a total head fuck for now. But yeah, what he'd said is he'd attended some italian horror film festival in england which sounded amazing and diodato was there doing talks on his films and all the rest and he said he was asked about the green inferno and um he seemed less than keen oh about really about yeah. it um i think basically i think he said that i think maybe there was a degree of him being um arrogant i don't know but he basically said along the lines of you know um. Good luck following my film, and I, right, kinda, I right, kind of, I kind of felt the same way. I thought, you know, that right. film came out in nineteen eighty, and I still don't think anyone could really talk right. it because you can't do what he did now. Yeah, it's yeah a different yeah. world. So, um, I'm, I'm alright with
1: that, to be honest. Uh, to are be honest, right. we am. If I never see a film that does that sort of thing again, I would be a happy. I'm happy not alright with watching movies where people have legitimately killed animals on screen. Yeah, or yeah. you know, fucking for for
0: for the for for the sole purpose. Or making, making you believe, I yeah, make yeah, you yeah. believe that the human violence is real, because that's what it's there for. They could have made that film without it. Aye, um, yeah. I mean, and some of the, some of the special effects of the actually of killing humans, like the, the bit where the guy chops the other guy's dick off, look real. Mm. So it's not as if they had special effects problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, so I mean, I will go and see it. I don't know if it will get much of a cinematic release in the UK. I doubt it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. No, um, so I'll it'll check. It'll be it like right. when Maniac came out. It will get a few sites doing like late night shows. Obviously. Yeah, and stuff. I would imagine a quick rush to something like. Uh, it's coming out in September. September. It'll be a fright fest, I'd imagine. Probably was uh, it not already at fright fest?
0: Was it not showing at fright fest? Not last year.
1: Oh, was it not? No, no right. Because I know it's already
0: done some festival tours already in America. All uh, right. Um, so I'll be so there's a good chance I'll be at fright fest and obviously. The advanced kind of reviews that I have seen some of the American ones, um, it's been fairly down the middle. But most Eli Roth films are fairly down yeah, the middle. I would,
1: I would imagine that a lot of the reviews that are, you know, that you seen the trailer, saying you know nothing can prepare you for this, and all yeah. that good stuff, <laughs> are going to be the type of thing where it's people seeing, seeing this and just saying you know this is fucking brutal because it's Eli Roth. He's not going to do it half ha- half Oh, he's right? he's a, a go It's going yeah. to be fucking brutal. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be any good. Well, yeah, because uh,
0: there's always that danger that you substitute. Uh, graphic violence and gore for character development, story mm. plot. Um, but I, what, what gives me intrigue is that you know he's obviously not done. Any, he's he's been a producer of many films, but he's not actually done a film in a while. Yeah. He's had a bit of time to go away and p- potentially mature as a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I would kind of hope if he's coming back, he's already got his next projects lined up with Keanu Reeves, and it's also set in South America. Mm. Um, which and uh, okay. me and Baz had talked about it before, um, and I was you know interested to see where it goes. So,
1: yeah, I Reeves and you're like, yeah, you like, Yeah, I
0: thought that? that's a weird combination, but yeah, so uh, I mean, so what we're saying is that we're, we'll check it out. Aye, right, I'll check it out. Yeah, um, if we both check it and we've both seen it, maybe come back and talk about it. It sounds like a good idea. So, the next story we're moving on to is that the first full trailer. Um for the new FX show The Strain Has Dropped. Um FX has debuted the trailer for the upcoming FX series based on the novels by the great Gilmero del Toro and Chuck Hogan who Hulk is, Hogan who's brother of Hulk Hogan. <laughs>
1: um uh, <laughs> and then the vampire bit in, hit, bit into his neck. Brother <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And what are you gonna do what are when you the gonna sun do comes when up? vampires
0: come down on you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, which is set to premiere on Sunday the 13th of July in America I don't know when it's going to come over here uh, The Strain is being described as a high concept thriller from Del Toro Hogan and writer-producer Carlton Coos Coos? 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 Carlton Kuse? That's not a nice name <laughs> uh, <laughs> It tells the story of Dr. Goodweather I'm not saying that for uh, Ephraim Ephraim Goodweather Dr. Ephraim Goodweather Why can they not just pick normal names?
1: Ephraim is a normal name
0: Where? In Glasgow Have you ever heard <laughs> of someone called Ephraim?
1: Maybe How many uh, Ephraims uh, do you have
0: on Facebook? Seven <laughs> <laughs> Ephraim uh, The head of the Centre of Disease Control Canary Team? Canary Team? Canary Team In New York City This is why I edit things Canary uh, Canary Team <laughs> that's not a canary that's not no that was a fucking seagull what the fuck man I saw some sort of weird crossbreed Um, uh, he and his team are called upon to investigate the mysterious viral outbreak with hallmarks of an ancient and evil strain of vampirism as this strain spreads F F I'm not calling it's short him. for Ephraim I'm not calling him that Bob uh, his <laughs> team
1: and uh, how do you know it's a guy it a it's Bob G- it's Bob Goodweather. G- is, is Ephraim a guy or a girl's name I'd have no, I thought it's a guy's name <laughs> I've got no idea we'll, we'll roll it. we'll roll out a guy yeah women a could be called Bob
0: we'll call her Bobby because women could be called Bobby 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 <laughs> Big Bobby as it's strange friends <laughs> Big Bobby and his team okay there okay. you go I <laughs> I just read what was there that's how I knew it was ah, a man. Okay. Uh, and an ase- uh, assembly of everyday New Yorkers wage war uh, uh, for the fate of humanity itself um, I'm not going to be directly so
1: it. essentially this is Hulk Hogan against the Ultimate Warrior it sounds like what's it is going on here but, but with a strain of vampirism aye cool yeah,
0: which cool. is ancient <laughs> There you go. Co-creators, executive producers and writers Del Toro and Hogan co-wrote the pilot, which was directed by Del Toro. Uh, Cuse serves as an executive producer, showrunner and writer. Gary Unger uh, also serves as executive producer. The series is produced by FX Productions and is set for a 13 episode first season. So it was a fairly ambiguous trailer. It gave us a clip of some things. Um... Mostly things happening over people's eyes and dead bodies. Yeah. Um But Guillermo del Toro, yeah,
1: that's I, I sold it for me. His name linked to anything, I'll go and see it. I will definitely give it a shout. Yes. Um. I've no. Obviously, he's used to doing movies, moving into TV series. Yeah. You know, different, totally different beasts. So. Um. Could work, could not. I'm not sure, but yeah, I'll give it a bash, man. Mm-hmm. Although he did produce the. Um, don't be afraid of the dark film, which was fucking garbage. Yeah, he's but, I, one but I know is, that he produced it. He, he didn't. He produces did a lot. It. Actually,
0: he produces. Right. He's one of these guys again whose name gets attached to a lot of projects yeah, that's uh, true. and production capacity. But his actual full length. Yeah, 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 Features. I mean, I've, and even I know some folk didn't like Pacific Rim. I like Pacific Rim. So. Ah, right, Pacific Rim is fucking right. stupid. No, exactly. Right. I mean, anyone that was going to see a hybrid film had the wrong one. Didn't he? <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And I, like I've said before, many, many times. Horror television just now is on the upswing while maybe the movies aren't competing on the same level. Which is slightly unfair because with a television show you have more time to really create characters and story
1: and plot and stuff. Although I've not been hearing good things about Rosemary's Baby. I've not seen it yet.
0: I have it um, and I heard
1: bad things. Yeah. I will check it out though. Also, I know this isn't our news topic but while we're talking about it we might as well just mention it. The Omen TV series? (laughs) Fuck off, man.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to... (sighs) Supposed to be set in modern times and tells his life through a series of flashbacks. Fuck off. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know how much I'm down with that. It's gonna be shame, what, yeah, what if what? Sam Neil reprises the role? <laughs> Just throw a curveball in there. Sam Neil, please,
1: please Damien. So- <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> Sam Neill's never made a bad movie because the only two movies he's ever made are uh, Jurassic Park and Venerable Horizon because Jurassic Park 3 doesn't exist and Snow White A Tale of Terror doesn't exist the list goes on dude. I don't know what the fuck else has he been in then he's been in shitloads. Yeah. have <laughs> you ever seen The Possession
0: it's a fucking amazing film uh, French yeah, French horror film you need to check it oh, out uh, really yeah, really yeah, good yeah, Sam Neill very young Sam, Sam Neill, Neill man. Sam kicking it up once again me and Graham are co-chairs of the Sam Neil Appreciation Society um, you didn't
1: know Horizon t-shirt maybe
0: yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment uh, the club has two. Uh, <laughs> that's including myself and Graham <laughs> and Sam Neill and Sam Neill who doesn't know he's involved <laughs> I won't answer our emails <laughs> or calls um, <laughs> and we'll join the Facebook page fuck them uh, oh, yeah, if but I wasn't in the Appreciation Society I'd, I'd, I'd hear them <laughs> I'd start a page condemning them <laughs> <him. laughs> we hate that name a condemnation page (laughs) Uh, so the last story final story is um, was one that I picked up the wrong end of the stick and realised that I I had the shitty end of the stick, and Graham's directed me end of uh,
1: before, before we
0: started recording. And I've just outed myself as someone that didn't read the article first. Um, <laughs> about uh, well, obviously, there's a bit of momentum gaining about the purge. Uh, the purge anarchy is about to drop. Um, I think it's next two months. I think.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't. I, know, me. I think it's
0: quite fairly quick. That I would
1: imagine. To- you know, with the flag being the American flag being on the poster and all that stuff I would imagine it's probably going to come out around about July 4th
0: yeah 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 in fact I'm reading there and actually it says July 18th so Graham you were pretty much spotting good work my man you didn't even read that as well you just knew you just knew in your heart of hearts um, yeah. so um, and we'll get into a, a quick discussion about The Purge because you've watched it and I've not seen it I think we did a I think you told us yeah, a bit about in a, I a previous yeah, podcast yeah. but um, uh, in terms of kind of ramping up some of the press or publicity for it um, the guys behind The Purge uh, are releasing something called The Purge Breakout, uh, it's currently in Atlanta before moving on to Miami last year's film hit inspired the haunted attraction here in Los Angeles but producer not, not, Jason not here in Los Angeles, No, obviously. you're yeah. reading this from the page. here in Los Angeles, <laughs> uh, that's right from Grangemouth, which is okay, located <laughs> in Los Angeles, uh, obviously this is written from Shock Till You Drop, uh, producer Jason Blum smartly took it on the road this year to promote The Purge Anarchy, which opens July 18th. A trailer for The Purge Breakout has been whipped up and you can watch it via the player on the article at Shock Till You Drop. Uh, it takes you inside the attraction with a few attendees who survived. A wee question mark there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this experience obviously survived. People would be getting sued. Uh, <laughs> come on. Uh, and the purge uh, breakout. It's the annual purge night where citizens across the country exercise their right of anarchy. Your group is being held captive by a demented psychopath. Thirty minutes before the purge begins, trapped in his house, groups must work together solving a series of increasingly complicated, mind-bending puzzles and clues. Yeah, that's all they bend. Yeah, that's. A- <laughs> So fucking <laughs> uh, uh, and break it from captivity and survive the most terrifying 12 hours
1: of the year. This looks cool as fuck. Does, man. It, it looks heavy cool as fuck. Like, it, it's a sort of, essentially, like one of those Halloween mazes, but rather than just walking through it and having people jump out at you and shake your pants, um, it's actually like you have to solve puzzles in order to get through stuff. And still having folk jump out at you and choke your pants. Aye. I wonder if you did actually Because you told me about that time you went
0: to see paranormal activity. Oh, and
1: that well, like, guy The guy behind you. Aye, ah, yeah, that was uh, fucking uh, gold, man. Yeah,
0: I, I wonder if they do like see if you legitimately lost bladder control in uh, one of these things. Do you think they compensate you for new ones? What new bladders? Probably not. Uh, no, like new
1: clothes. Nah, fuck that, man. You'd have to walk home with shit in your. <laughs> not if you lose control of your bladder I don't know what the fuck's going on in your body it's that's reasonable. your colon that's your colon, isn't it
0: if you lost uh, your bodily fluids yeah uh, okay and that's including shit uh, um, okay. let's say you shat and pissed yourself while in there and you had to leave surely they would give you something surely they have a contingence for that I
1: don't know man I don't know how that works. work there must be like, a
0: disclaimer know. you would sign for like heart attacks and stuff like that
1: well yeah, maybe I mean obviously the whole point of it is that it's going to scare you yeah um, but you some know. people get so everyone has a different reaction to a scare. That's true. Mine, mine, and Ellie was to go. Oh yeah, fuck! <laughs> uh, when that you and that guy shout, at you, man. Fucking shot it. Uh <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a fair question. Um, but, but yeah, it looks. I, it looks. speaking of paranormal activity, this does kind of tie in to this because I watched Paranormal Activity three last night. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's my, it's
0: like my favourite one.
1: It's all, it was not bad. I, liked, I like the I like the idea of the cult and everything like that. Having only seen two and three, I think there's still elements of the story that I wasn't picking up on. Um, kind of. The first one establishes a bit more of
0: the... Because really the third one is the prequel, the prequel one, yeah. which tells the story of the sister that's in the first one and yeah, the sister yeah. that's in the second one yep, yep. and their grandmother and stuff like that and how they grew up and things. Like that. It kind of ties a lot of that in. The third one, though doesn't have any bearing on the fourth one really which was where I kind oh, of I've, 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 I've and the marked ones which I did actually think was alright all right. Um, loops back into the first one alright okay um, cool. but yeah the third one's about the closest I would, I'm i more interested in finding that about the you know the coven the yeah, 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 witches yeah, so, than yeah. I am right. about watching like oh let's have a camera in the room all right, all right. for like an hour and then something moves oh that's all right, scary yeah. Um, but yeah um, you know alright so that guy did shit yourself
1: but uh, ah, so I saw that that was alright. But then I also watched Saw Seven last night, which is fucking garbage. Right? Yeah. But the only reason I watched it is because it's the only one out of the series I haven't seen. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was just on on Netflix and like there's a bunch of movies I was just strolling along and saw that one. So yeah, okay, I'll watch it. It was fucking piss. But anyway, <laughs> this looks quite Saw esque. Yes. Like, Solve puzzles to get through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like you know, obviously in the first Purge, no one's. The, no one that you see is taken hostage and kept in dingy basements and yeah so it kind of that seems to have kind of become the the new canon for like horror movies yeah yeah kind of, you know like Hostel and Saw and things like that yes they're all in the kind of dark underground kind of dark. and I know it's not just those movies that have, that have done that, yeah but yeah, yeah. Kind of cu- like current sort of Canon for horror seems to be those, you know, yeah. people kept in mad wee dungeons underground. Yeah, because so, you know, uh, everyone has a mad wee dungeon. Oh, I've got four of them, but, uh, you <laughs> know, where, where the floor's wet and the lights are never working. And there's like a green hue uh, over everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But This kind of looks a bit like that, which doesn't really tie into the first Purge. Might do with the same one, I don't know. But it looks mm. cool as fuck. It does look cool as fuck. Because it's not like the Sawmades that they had at, um park where like you know you're just walking through the different mazes and people are in the corner going <laughs> um, all covered. In, like, I feel really wish people like could, <laughs> I Really wish people could have seen that <laughs>
0: that that body <laughs> action and face that you did to accompany that noise because that's me in my ear <laughs> I've already had a child, I don't know what it says about me.
3: I believe in curses. I believe in demons. I believe in monsters, do you? I ask you to suspend your disbelief and imagine your minds floating in the darkness of time. Let your imaginations be liberate and roam with me. (laughs) Help. We proceed. We proceed as one. Pledge to go as far as your soul will allow. Our young doctor has a secret. I had a singular goal. Transmutation to an afterlife. Victor, what am I? Tell me. Things are so rarely what they seem. There was a time when I would gladly have killed you. you us does not have our secrets, besides. There are such sins in my back, it would kill me to turn around. I betrayed your daughter once. You ignored her your entire life. There's something wrong here. What haven't you told me? The only thing we
4: have is the people we trust. Where
3: is your master? The hidden ones will emerge and rule. Amunet. Amunra. This is a spell foretelling the annihilation of man and the coming of the beast. Some people cannot be saved. We here have been brutalized with loss.
0: And Welcome and this is, uh, well this is quite special actually because for those that did uh, listen to some of the previous shows and I know you listened to them, uh, you'll know that me and my main man the Baz trawled through, um, felt quite arduous actually trawling through uh, the From Dusk Till Dawn TV adaptation and we got to the end of that series and um, we kind of thought we're actually quite having a lot of fun, you know, talking about horror TV and it's something that myself and the Baz is quite passionate about that I thought you know we should carry this on and I think it might have been Baz that recommended that we tackle you know the Penny Dreadful TV season which has just started up Showtime show and um, it just seemed like the right thing to do so of course I couldn't do this without my main man the man the myth the legend the Baz.
4: Hola sexy Victorian bitches. (laughs) How you doing? I'm tipped up mate tipped up looking forward to this one my friend.
0: Yeah, this one is this one's far more optimistic. Yeah, than... Uh, this, this
4: one's got my creative juices flowing again. They'd kinda, that well had dried uh, <laughs> after dusk till dawn, much like the Mexican desert where it was set. <laughs> um, but but uh, this has got me going again.
0: Yeah, this is. Um, ah, there's plenty to talk about yeah, uh, when it comes to this. So, what we're going to do is because we're running slightly behind, I think at the point of recording this, the first four episodes have aired. So, um, what we're doing is we're going to do episodes one and two of the show on this, this uh, episode of the podcast. Then, next week, you'll get episodes three and four and then it'll probably be a fortnight, and then you'll get episodes five and six, and then we're still kind of working out between ourselves whether or not we want to do an episode, um, a podcast, or if we want to keep doing two at a time. Uh, it'll just depend how how the format is and how long the shows are coming up uh, in the we're future. Going
4: to, we're going to double team those bitches. Yeah. We're I th- going to think the- do my man.
0: <laughs> I think... Um, yeah, this one, this one is a show. I mean, we've we've been talking about it on Podcast under the stairs now since it was announced. So, um, yeah, I,
4: I remember you mentioning it quite a while back. I was really intrigued by the idea. Yeah, when you mentioned it first, kind of thing, and that was a quite a while ago that you brought this up.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, I like the premise. I like, I liked how it was pitched. It's obviously taken over the. The slot which had been reserved for Dexter, obviously Dexter's now finished, Showtime's put this out in its place, so I mean those are some hefty boots to fill, um, and so we might as well get this started. So, uh, let me give you some information on the first episode, which was called Nightwork. Work. Uh, officially aired on the 28th of April in 2014, um, it was directed as was the second episode by the same individual, um, who is J.A. Biona, uh, who has done some horror films before that I've actually really fucking liked. Um, in particular, he did The Orphanage, which uh, is a fantastic kind of ghost story. I'm surprised that's not been mentioned yet in the, the ghost thing yet, but I might actually throw that up tonight. <laughs> um the, oh, the yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, kind of like a it's what's kinda spanish mexican sort of ghost story uh, oh, why is the devil's backbone not be mentioned either i'm gonna put that up as I well i don't
4: fucking know <laughs> i'm gonna just let them put them up and then some pervert picks one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so um he is now just actually this week we found out baz that he has been linked he will be the I believe he is the director of the sequel to World War Z. Uh, we're talking
4: about the guy that directs these first two episodes of Penny's Dreadful, yep. yeah. Yep. So, oh, right, So the new new World War Z film.
0: I believe that's that's what I, that's what I'd heard anyway. So yeah. he he is the the director for the first two episodes, and the writer and creator John Logan um, obviously wrote uh, the entire series. I'm led to believe. Uh, so let me let me give you the synopsis for this episode. Um, Are you ready for this? Here we go. It's London. It's 1891 as the police investigate a series of gruesome murders, renowned explorer Sir Malcolm Murray and the strangely beautiful Vanessa Ives I think it's Ives. Ives. No, it's Ives. Ives. um, No, there's something darker at play. In search of someone close to them who has been lost, they recruit American sharpshooter Ethan Chandler and Dr. Victor Frankenstein to help them on their journey. So, Baz, you watched this episode, you saw it, I think well you saw it a couple of weeks ago and you've rewatched it again. Yeah, rewatched it a to,
4: couple of nights ago there.
0: So, tell us about nightwork, what did you think?
4: Okay dokie, here we go. Let's do this. Um Yeah, so the first episode opens up uh sort of pre credits, um there's a scene with a mother and a young girl lying in bed. Victorian setting, very dark, you can hear the weather outside and everything. They're obviously, relatively poor, these people. They're sleeping mm-hmm. in the same bed. Um, the mother gets up uh, to go to the toilet um, and she sort of creeps through the house. Uh, there's, sort of the, there's all the usual spooky noises and stuff going on. Um, she then gets into the toilet, sitting on the loo kind of thing. Um, there is a noise and, and uh, this was about 15 seconds in and I shat myself um, <laughs> she basically gets pulled backwards through the window that's behind her and it's very sudden and it's very quick and it's fucking scary you kind of mm-hmm. know something's going to come but I was not expecting that obviously she screams and just disappears backwards through this window really well done I've got to say the effects were fucking brilliant um, the little girl obviously is awakened by this kind of commotion Um she, so it's quite heartbreaking. She was a really good actress, this week, girl, because she's kind of crying for her mum and then going through the house looking for her, you know, and mm-hmm. she gets closer to the to the bathroom. And then you see her sort of turn and look at the camera, if you like, and she sees something and, and she screams.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and then we're into the credits. Um, brilliant opening scene, I've got to say. I, I fucking loved it. I've said before, I'm a real sucker for anything that's set in a kind of time period. Um, yeah. You know things like uh, Deadwood, the Western series, and, and things like that. I love them if they're set in a particular time period. This is Victorian times, and I've not—I don't think, to my recollection, I watched the TV series set in Victorian times. But mm-hmm. um, even from this first scene, they totally fucking nail it. Very kind of gothic, quite like uh, From Hell, the Johnny Depp film, which obviously set
0: yeah. set very that.
4: much around the same time.
0: Yeah, I said that to I said that to Corinne when we were watching it tonight. That um, like especially the, the the scene and it's not long after that we get a scene in an opium den. Yes. and I was like, this is in the same colours, kind of green colours in the room Sorry. and all the rest. I was like, this is very From Hell, which yeah. is based on the it's Alan Moore. Alan yeah, Moore.
4: Yeah, Alan Moore. Um, he wrote From Hell, and interestingly, he also wrote the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which ah. which this series borrows heavily from certainly yeah, yeah. in terms of its, its ideas and its kind of inspiration if you like mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. anyway so we're into the credits nice creepy wee credit sequence Um then we are sort of launched into this scene there's a woman all dressed in black she's sitting she's praying in front of a crucifix on a wall
2: mm-hmm.
4: Um she uh, then appears to go into this um, sort of trance and kind of passes yeah. out during this trance and so on you, you can hear voices or A voice, if you like, a kind of demonic voice in the background. The only part I could actually make out was this voice saying, was, I'm hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. There was other things said. I don't know if you were meant to be able to hear them. My hearing's shot to shit, so that was the only thing I picked <laughs> up on. Um, that This female character is the character of Vanessa Ives. We don't really know that at this point because it's just straight in. She doesn't say anything. She's just, well, she's praying to herself, muttering away and praying. Um, but it's the, the character of Vanessa Ives who's the kind of main female lead in it. Um, we then cut away from that she's passed out we cut away a caption comes up on the screen reading that it's uh, we're in london and it's september 22nd 1891 and we're at basically one of these traveling wild west shows kind of like what um what the buffalo bill cody used to do um we yeah. all the kind of wild west of america to europe if you like traveled about very famously came to glasgow Oh. Um, oh yeah, aye. That, I didn't know you came up as far as that. Yeah, I didn't know he came Glasgow. And we actually, um, and we, the people of Glasgow, even though I don't live there and haven't lived there, <laughs> because, um, it used to have a ghost stand and a genuine ghost dance shirt belonging to the Lakota Sioux um, mm-hmm. that Buffalo Bill presented to the city when he was here. Um, and I think it was about fifteen years ago or something. They agreed to give this back to the Lakota Sioux. It's it's a hugely religious object in their history, so Glasgow gave it back to them. About 100 years too fucking late, but we did give it back to (laughs) them. It's
0: the thought that counts.
4: Yeah. Anyway, that's a complete fucking tangent. There's shit all to do with what we're talking about. Anyway, (laughs) Buffalo Bill Cody type idea, um, Wild West show, and we see for the first time Josh Hartnett's character, uh, this Ethan Chandler, um, and he's kind of on stage... There's props all around him. He's got his guns, his sort of six-shooters. He has long, flowing, curly hair and a glorious moustache, and he's regaling the crowd <laughs> with tales of his exploits at the Battle of Little Bighorn, which mm-hmm. he claims to have been at with Custer, and he claims to be one of the few survivors kind of thing, you know. and he's shooting off his guns and shooting cigars out of people's mouths and bunches of flowers out of ladies' hands and stuff like that. Um, so that that's what you, you see what he does for a living... It, very quickly after the show, it cuts to him basically shagging some women against a wagon.
2: Um, yes,
0: yeah, some things have never changed. Yeah. Groupies are groupies. Yeah, indeed. No matter what the time period is. <laughs> indeed.
4: Um, he's also devoid of his curly flowing locks, which is obviously a wig, and then yeah. talking to this girl, he then removes the moustache. He has a moustache, but it's a bit shite. Um, so he's a bit of a kind of charlatan. He is a very good kind of six-shooter, but um, he's a bit of a charlatan as well. And um, he, the character of Vanessa Ives, she then she's in the crowd, um, and after the show and after he's finished his business with the wee lady, <laughs> he's he's sitting drinking in a pub, uh, and she appears in, um, and, and starts talking to him, and she very clearly knows that he's a complete fake. You know, she says things like, "Listen, you'd have been about four at the Battle of Little Big Horn, so you mm-hmm. weren't fucking there." Do you know what I mean? She's lying. "I notice you keep your left hand hidden because it's shaking." That's causing your drink problem and all this. She's got him totally fucking sussed. Um, she then uh, states that she wants to hire him for a, a, a kind of job, if you like. But it's a very dangerous job. He needs to be adventurous, and she needs somebody that's, you know, handy with guns and uh, not afraid to use them, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And she says to meet her uh, later on that night. It's interesting, though. Know, she doesn't actually give her give him her name at any point. Thing that she just that's says, right, yeah. "If you're willing to." You know, if you're you're wanting to do this, meet me fucking later on, whatever. So it cuts to later on, and she's waiting on him. He appears in an alleyway, very kind of dark, kind of that London fog that you see in all of these kind of Victorian things is is very prevalent. Um, Mm -hmm. And she she then leads him into this opium den that you mentioned earlier on. Um, And there's various people about smoking opium and stuff like that. And again, as you say, if you've seen the opium den scenes in From Hell, very, very similar, totally fucking nails it, you know. Uh, And It's at this point that we meet Timothy Dalton's character for the first time, Sir Malcolm Murray. Um, It becomes quite apparent that Miss Ives works for him or with him, but Mm -hmm. he's kind of the head honcho. He's the guy that's in charge, and it's him that wants this job done, basically. he's a very kinda of ostentatious, almost kinda of over the top kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um which I've got to say it was irritating me at first, but I have grown to love actually. <laughs> he's so over the top with it that it's actually quite fucking cool. Do yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um it's almost kind of audvillion at points. Um anyway, so the three of them all then sort of descend down into the cellar underneath this opium den. There's like a group of guys there, they kind of square up to these these guys that are standing there. Um and basically a fight breaks out and very quickly we find out that these characters are actually vampires. Yeah. Um, you know, the teeth come out and there's lots of, And th- there's a very decent fight scene that Dalton's fighting away. Hartness is shooting everyone in sight kind of thing. Heartless, rather. Uh, shooting mm-hmm. everyone in sight. Um, Vanessa, she kind of wanders through it almost again in this slightly trance-like state. Um, everything's kind of going on around her, and she, she can hear this voice, uh, or, uh, the voice of a baby kind of crying, or a child crying, and, and she's, mm-hmm. she's kind of distracted, and, and goes through um, trying to find this child. Um, the, the the fight scenes, the effects, and, and the, the action scenes I thought were brilliantly done, really, really well done. There's a, a particularly immense scene where a, there's a vampire has been shot, but not killed, and it's on the ground, and... It's the first time oh, you see yeah. something kind of supernatural because it basically folds itself back over, like folds its spine completely bent double, so its feet come back down and then mm. lifts itself up. That was fucking amazing. It was really cool. Was was really really um They eventually managed to take them down by sort of shooting them in the head and fucking stabbing them various and various things going. Um Ives obviously she's off looking for this uh this child that she can hear crying. She comes across piles of bodies, basically. There's dead babies and stuff like that, but it was quite fucking horrific-looking, actually, these scenes. Um, Very well done. A lot of them have bite marks on their necks, again, you know, confirming that these people are vampires. Um, The others have caught up with at this point. uh, Chandler and Sir Malcolm have caught up with her at this point. And then we see this huge vampire... Um, kind of comes out from a pile of bodies um, and uh, Chandler's shooting it and uh, it's just fucking having no effect at all kind of thing goes out uh, knocks him flying across the room but Sir Malcolm kills it by stabbing it right through the heart He he's a kind of cane sword or something like that and just yeah. stabs it from behind right through the heart and they manage to kill it um, they're, looking at, they're, they're looking for something but they're, they're unable to find it we don't really know what it is at this point to my memory they don't know what it is they're looking for but they don't find it anywhere and they basically leave um, but they take the body of this large vampire that get killed at the end they take that away and they take it to I don't actually know what you would call it it's basically a place where surgeons were allowed to practice their art it's where grave robbers would take bodies yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the and here and that. They would take bodies, and then surgeons would pay to come in there and practice on these cadavers that they dug up. So, a kind of a legal surgical school, if you like. Yeah. Um, and they, they're wanting somebody to have a look at this corpse they've got, and they're, they're sort of directed through to this young surgeon who's working in a back room away from everybody else. Um, and they ask him, you know, that they want to basically pay him to carry an autopsy or, or a necropsy I think they call it but obviously it's an autopsy. Um he's not interested at all, he's feverishly pouring over this body that he's got in front of him blah 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 until they unveil the creature behind him and he kinda of turns around and looks at it and that's him he's just totally transfixed. Yeah. Flies straight over to it um and just starts rhyming off stuff, you know through of so medical terms, blah blah, this and that, and the next thing, you know, you're just totally transfixed, everything else is forgotten about. Um, he then discovers that this sort of pale, whitish kind of skin is actually an exoskeleton, which is quite bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and he manages to sort of take like the, one of the breast areas kind of away and peel it back. And we see the skin underneath, which is black, but it's covered in Egyptian hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. which it. I was like, "Where the fuck is this going?" Kind of thing, Do you know. What yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it was like, uh,
2: right.
4: I didn't get pick up, and this was an extra scale, and it just looked like a big scary kind of vampire, kind of Nosferatu type vampire, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but it's kind of interesting that they're putting this other slant on vampires a bit the way like Dust of Dawn did. They made yeah, yeah. snake demon type things so rather than your traditional Transylvanian vampire. Um, They've put this other kind of spin on it, this kind of Egyptian spin on it. Um, there's a, then a fairly short scene, and it's the police investigating the murder from the very opening scene of the girl and her mother who are killed mm-hmm. right at the start. Um, and you, you see a little bits of the crime scene. There's a policeman in the background vomiting. Basically, the bodies are completely in pieces and almost yeah. kind of arranged. Uh, hugely horrific, eh? and, and you can see from the crowd, they're beginning to think that Jack the Ripper is back. Now, this is set in 1891, as we saw earlier on. Now, Jack the Ripper, his crimes were in 1888. So this is kind of three years after the Ripper. So, but because he was never caught, obviously, the crowd start to think, you know, this is the Ripper's back and he's killing again kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Chandler, with NC Chandler, he goes to see Sir Malcolm at home. Um... The woman, uh, Vanessa, she eventually introduces herself and she appears to have some sort of clairvoyant kind of powers. We don't really know, but she does have some kind of supernatural gift, if you like. Mm -hmm. Um, And through this conversation, we find out that um, Sir Malcolm's daughter was taken by one of these creatures that they've killed. Not the one that they've killed, obviously. They they thought it was, and they've now found out it's another one. Um, And this is what they're looking for. This is what they're trying to find. Um, And they want uh, Chandler to come on on board with them and and help them, but he rejects their offer and fucks off, basically. Um, Hmm. So Sir Malcolm uh, and the woman, they then go... Uh, to meet this professor who's uh, an expert in Egyptian antiquities, because um, they want him to translate these hieroglyphics that they found on this body. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes a look. They've got a sort of photograph of a few of them, and then he's taking a look at them, um, and he starts saying, "Oh, this is, it seems to imply a blood curse." Mm-hmm. Um, but then he looks on further, and then he gets quite frightened and asks if there's any more. And they say there are. Um, and he says, right, hey, we'll come back in a week for this dinner party that I arranged and I'll look at the rest of them then. And they can argue, but he refuses point blank to reveal any more. But what he does reveal is that the writings that he has seen are taken from the Egyptian Book of the Dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, then we are... Uh, oh, we see, we see um, Sir Malcolm has this servant, uh, a black fellow who is sort of facial scarring in that. And I'm assuming... He's going to come into this later. I think his character will develop at some point. He's basically a kind of butler um, who works for Sir Malcolm. Um, He's sent to this young surgeon who we saw previously, who who looked at the vampire for the first time. He sends him to the uh, the surgeon's house with a suit and a dinner invitation. Um, So this young surgeon, he 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 gets dressed up and he he goes to this thing. And it's that one of these gentlemen's clubs that they have in London kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a very kind of fraught um, conversation, um, and the surgeon he gets quite carried away with it, and and he kind of reveals that he's 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 not interested in kind of petty science and stuff. He's he's obsessed with sort of life and death and the transition between the two. Mm-hmm. Um and and he makes it quite plain that he's not interested in anything else. That 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 is the only question that matters to him. In terms of science, that is science is just the answer to this question. Um Sir Malcolm, he you know, he's saying that he wants him to work for him and stuff like that, but again he doesn't appear to be to be interested. Um Ethan, we then see Ethan going back to Sir Malcolm's house, but he doesn't go in. Um Sir Malcolm then returns home. Um he, he's sort of starting to get undressed from the, the dinner party thing. Um And then there's a scene where it's like his daughter appears and she's a vampire, she's got the teeth and everything. I'm not sure if it's his imagination or if it's a vision or if she was actually there. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure. Um, Vanessa seems to imply that it's all her fault. Um, But I I was slightly confused um, after that. There's a scene shortly after that where, again, Vanessa's praying in front of this cross. The cross becomes inverted and there's kind of spiders or scarab beetles or something pouring out it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not quite sure where that was going. We then cut back to the the young surgeon again. He's walking home in the rain. Um, He seems to suspect that he's been followed, but he makes it home. Um, He then goes into a secret tunnel it's behind his wardrobe. Um, it's all very Scooby-Doo at this point, and he goes down into his hidden lab, <laughs> which is underneath his flat kind of thing. <laughs> um, and we see he's got a body in there, a cadaver strapped onto a machine. It's like a big kind of copper bath almost, um, with like a thing to get around their head like you would get if you are in an electric chair. And there's ice in it, and the body's basically sitting in this ice to kind of keep it fresh, and it's tied into this kind of copper bath contraption, you know, and... Um, he's trying to start up a generator and, and in good horror form there's a thunderstorm outside and there's a kind of lightning strike that kills all the fucking lights basically it kind of hits his generator or something like that and um, when he gets the lights back on ta-da! the body's gone <laughs> 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 um, he obviously has got of very cagely looking searching about in this kind of cellar that he's in um, and we find out that the body's been reanimated, we find this cower, uh, figure rather sort of cowering in a corner, um, rather unsavory cock shot that nobody needed to see, to be quite honest. Oh, there was a lot of
0: that in that first episode. Yeah,
4: uh, I, I mean, right, this may sound sexist, and I'm sure some of our, our followers will be mo- haranguing me on the internet, <laughs> but I don't care. A topless lady is an attractive thing. A man's flaccid penis. Nobody... Nobody <laughs> wants to see it. Gay, straight, lesbian, transgender, or fucking Martian. Nobody wants to see a flaccid cock. I'm sorry. <laughs> just... Anyway, um, yeah, so the, the body, can, the, the, the creature kind of comes forward, you know, um, comes over, uh, the surgeon kind of touches his face. And at this point, um, the surgeon introduces himself to this person. As Victor Frankenstein, and that's the first time we find out who that character is. That's right, yeah. The name actually comes out and it ends on that. My name is Victor Frankenstein, and it credits amazing ending, I've got to say, absolutely brilliant ending. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so that's it. A brilliant first episode, I thought, loved it, absolutely loved it. I thought they got the The atmosphere and everything just fucking spot on. You are in Victoria, London. There's there's no doubt about it. Brilliantly done. The costume scenery, everything was amazing. Um, One thing that actually came to me today, which I hadn't realised, is the Mm -hmm. character of Sir Malcolm Murray is looking for his daughter. Yeah. His daughter is Mina Murray. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: I don't know if you picked up on that.
0: Um. Right, I know that name.
4: Uh, Mina Murray is a, is a famous character in Dracula lore. Um, oh, yeah, that's right, she's Mina. the one yeah, that me- marries fucking Keanu Reeves.
0: That's and, right, Mina's the Bram one Stoker's that Dracula, Dracula Dracula believes that he should... Uh, is the reincarnation of his, his that's dead right. wife.
4: In Bram Stoker's Dracula, that's right. Um, she's also one of the lead characters in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, ah, right. She is... In the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the comic, where she's basically she's a vampire, but no, they don't know that she's a vampire. They know there's something fucking odd about her, and she kind of yeah. gathers the, this team together with, uh, you know, Captain Nemo and all, all of the ones that are in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And she kind of recruits them all, if you like. But that's Mina Murray. So, and it took me a wee while because I hadn't caught on to his second name.
2: Yeah, Sir, yeah. Because he's
4: referred to as Sir Malcolm, but we do know that it's Sir Malcolm Murray. And then I was like, Murray, Mina Murray that's who the daughter is. So I thought that's an interesting wee tie-in there. So you've got to assume that the character of Mina will become very prevalent in it as the, as the story goes on kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely.
4: So that is my... Don't bother watching it. That's basically every single thing that happens <laughs> in episode one of Benny said, I fucking loved it. What were you, doing? What did you think? Um,
0: Same. I thought I thought it was, it was exactly what I hoped it was going to be. Um, I really, really hoped it would be something where... Because when I heard the original premise, and obviously they were talking about, um, you know, all, all of the classic horror monsters will be all in London, Victorian London at the same time. And I was like, right, you say that, but... <laughs> You know, but but how's that going to be? Is it going to be one episode dedicated to Frankenstein? Is it going to be one episode dedicated to the Wolfman? Or, you know, is it going to be one story and all the characters are going to be melded together? Which it certainly looks like it's going to be the latter, and I'm down with that 100%. Um, I really like this, and, I I mean, I think what gives it a bit of clout as well is there's some big names assigned to this. You know, um, you have your Josh Hartnett, you have your Eva Green, who's ad, who seems to be popping up in everything just yeah, now. She's a really like, good actress.
4: I don't know her at all. To the point, I didn't even recognise her when I saw her on the thing. Well, she's right. been in anything that I've seen. Bear in mind, um, I like, film watcher.
0: She well, she was in the most recent Three Hundred, which you didn't see. No, the follow. Um, i seen that. Yep, yeah, uh, she was in. I checked this earlier on, dude. Uh, give it two things, um, because. She has been in a few things. She's about to be in the new Sin City film. All right, she's the one that's on all the posters at the moment. So um, Is she, the one the
4: that a... had to change the poster because basically she's got chaps hanging out. Yeah, that's
0: her. That's her saucy midden. Yeah, um, she she was in <laughs> Casino Royale. No, I don't the like Bond James film, it. which you didn't watch, and Dark Shadows, which is an awful film. Um so yeah, maybe maybe not necessarily
4: I just, I, I've not seen that in the name basically. That's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. But she's she's starting to make a bit of a name for herself. She tends to play quite intense roles and right. um that's that's what I quite like about her character. Um and certainly she she's a she very much has the, the look um of you know a kind of Victorian yeah, you know, Upper middle class woman, so I quite I quite like that as yep, well. Yep. Um, Timothy Dalton, I love him as an actor in general, whether it's you know James Bond or the eccentric uh, supermarket owner in Hot Fuzz. Um, I've got I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of time for him, and it's very much like you say he's he's flung himself head first into this role. Aye. and if, when you first meet him, it is slightly overpowering, but it's surprising how quick you get on board with it.
4: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't yep, agree more. I,
0: I love the Frankenstein character absolutely love the Frankenstein character and I love that twist at the end although when I mean obviously I'm the you're aware that the show is dealing with um, all these characters and all the rest as soon as I saw a body which looked like it had been stitched together in a bathtub attached to electrodes I was like oh that guy must be Frankenstein yeah. so it wasn't as maybe necessarily the biggest you know shock for me but to hear him say the words I was like yes this is cool as fuck yeah it was it was um, so well done yeah um, stylistically it is really cool to look at it has not it's not got a it's maybe not necessarily it's not steampunk like um, the league of extraordinary no. gentlemen was but there is an element of that which you know is maybe slightly. I don't know. There's, there's, a, I, I, get. The th- well, the all the things that were using the electrodes and all the rest to bring back Frankenstein. I don't think there was much of that happening at that time period. So you know, and all this mention of exoskeletons and things like that are things that would have been beyond eighteen ninety one. Um, in terms of the, you know, the, the uh, medical books and journals. Yeah, I don't yeah. think the term exo- exoskeleton had ever come up. So. Um, you know, so they are dabbling in that and I'm done with that. I'm cool with that. They can you know, they can go ahead with that as well. Um I thought as a first opening episode, it gave me pretty much everything I wanted. It gave me a bit of backstory in my characters, it gave me some likable characters, it's got me an intrigue plot, you know, and um yeah, yeah. A very, very strong opening. Um and uh, you know, the the good thing about this is like I said, it's not individual standalone episodes where we're going to get the Wolfman this week or whatever. Um, you know, all these characters will be interacting all the way through it. Yeah. And that just makes me even fucking happier. So, yeah, chuffed. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. So, I mean, I mean, this is obviously, what we'll, we'll throw at just now, is obviously if you've listened to us talk about this, then I would hope you have watched the the first episode because if you haven't, like Baz said, we've pretty much told you everything that's happened. If you're one of these ones that's too lazy to follow the time coding and you've just listened to this because you want to hear the Godzilla review (laughs) coming up in a bit, uh, what I would say is you really need to check out this television programme. This one, and I can already tell you that um, it has been confirmed that it will be getting a second season, so... I mean, the, it is getting the viewing figures in, people are liking it, and it is fairly well-regarded online. The 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 ratings are around 7.5, 8.5, uh, 10, which is quite high for a brand-new television show, mm-hmm. so um, people should be checking it out. So, uh, anything else you want to say, Baz, before we jump out and come back with episode number two?
4: No, no, I, I want to go on. Let's go on and talk about episode two.
0: Cool. Right, so we're going to jump out just now. You're going to hear the teaser trailer for episode number two called seance and we will be right back after this I ask you to suspend your disbelief
3: let your imaginations be liberate dr frankenstein I for coming our young doctor has a secret I should give you a your name you're a form of new mankind so perhaps adam
4: our investigations are private
3: when the next one occurs i shall need to see the crime scene immediately will there be a next time assuredly I believe we're about to commune with the spirit. This is a spell foretelling the annihilation of man and the coming of the beast.
0: No! And welcome back. You have just heard the teaser trailer for episode number two of Penny Dreadful. This episode was called Seance um, and it was officially aired on the 12th of May 2014. Um, Like I said in the previous episode, the director of this one was J. E. Biona and um, same writer, John Logan, who appears to be the writer for the entire series. Um, So, let me get you a synopsis on this one. Vanessa and Sir Malcolm attend the party of Ferdinand Lyle's home in the hopes of learning more about the Egyptian hieroglyphics found on the dead creature. Vanessa meets the ever-young Dorian Gray. Vanessa also participates in a séance where she uh, proves to the spirit world uh, that she's a conduit. Meanwhile, Ethan Chandler makes the acquaintance of a prostitute, Bona Croft. Um, Brona. Brona. They've got that uh, as Brona, but they've yeah. got Bona written on you this just fucking website. Bona. Bona. <laughs> Which
4: is a cool name for a prostitute.
0: Yeah, not not if she's <laughs> not not if she's played by Billy Piper though. <laughs> um, she she in turn has a session with uh, young Grey. Elsewhere, Victor Frankenstein is amazed how quickly his creation, who he has named Proteus, can learn. It all comes to a surprising end, however. So, this kicks off right away with another murder. Um, we have a woman sitting with an apple... Um, she is out quite late at night to be sitting with an apple, if I do say so myself, strange woman. You
4: um, th- think she's a lady of the night.
0: I kind of got that feeling as well, and you would yeah. think Jack the Ripper would have scared them all away, but apparently not. Um, and we see her turn around, her face appears to, to be very startled, and then the next thing we see is her severed arm, still holding the apple. So... We kick into things here, and like the the synopsis kind of tells you, we are introduced to a couple of new characters in this episode. The first one we're introduced to is Brona Croft, who is played by Billy Piper. Um, I don't know why, probably, because because she wants to, because she wants to. Um, Sorry, that's a <laughs> n- really oh, fucking. That's
4: a shite joke.
0: That's British. a really bad joke for all <laughs> those that the, all those that remember Billy Piper, the pop star. Um, the, the, maybe they laughed at it. If they didn't, then I'm sorry. Um, so we we get introduced to her character. She is a lady of the night, and she stays in a, a local uh, pub. She stays in one of the rooms at the top, and of course she. Uh, bumps into our, our friend Mr. Hartnett, Josh, uh, Josh Hartnett, and um, his character Chandler, and um, they kind of have a bit of a rapport over some whiskey early in the morning. Um, and she uh, goes out to see if she can find herself some work. She ultimately um, ends up at the, the the home of Dorian Gray, which is the first time we see him, who looks incredibly emo. Um, I just want to put that out there, I don't think that particular hairstyle existed. In 18, 1891, but it has this particular kind of emo look about him. You know, it does look like he's about to start playing, and I don't know him or something like that. You know, it just has that look about him, but um,
4: A bit my chemical
3: romance,
0: yeah, something like that. He just has this air about him that's kind of similar to that. Um, and while he wants to take photographs, he's apparently fascinated by pictures and photographs. Surprise, surprise, he is Dorian Gray. And for those that know the legend or myth on Dorian Gray, he is forever young. Because his aging is contained in a picture, and if he ever sets eyes on that picture, um, is basically undone. What's happened in the picture becomes him in real life. So, um, so yeah. So he has this re- actually a fucking really good scene with uh, with Billy Piper's character, and where she's getting her photographs taken, and she coughs, and she coughs up blood, and um, he asks her if this is due to consumption, um, and she says yes. And then this, for whatever reason, completely turns them on and they start basically fucking there. And um he he says to her something along the lines of um uh, I've never I've never fucked someone who's dying or something like that. Uh,
4: he doesn't actually see he sees something like a dying creature. Yeah, dying like creature, that. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's like
0: a really bizarre line. Uh, that he comes out with it. He's completely fascinated. That's, I I get the feeling that's the only reason he's sleeping with her is because it's something he's not experienced. Um, so, which was kind of weird. Um,
4: I I, I kind of took from it it was because she's dying, and bearing the mind, consumption is horrendously uh, contagious. Yes. And he, obviously, by this point, he knows that he's. Invulnerable, immortal, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's this—he's almost kind of testing, like pushing the boundaries. That's what I took from it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Nobody else would be able to do this to her. without yes. Getting sick and dying of consumption. Oh yeah, I, I, you know.
0: He lets—he lets her cough blood right up in his face. Yeah, that's which is a wee bit manky, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> for for our American listeners, the word manky means horrible, revolting, disgusting. <laughs> Not quite nice. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite manky. Um, meanwhile, we are in a position where we're back with Frankenstein, and his monster is surprisingly um, alert. Um, he he knows particular words. Um, he, they first choose a name for him. He's going to choose a name for him, but decides against it. So what he does is he gets a book. Um, a Shakespearean book because apparently his mum said always have a, a copy of Shakespeare at hand and um, he shows him that basically flips him through and you put your finger down on a word that's if it's a name that's the name you use and um, the monster does it and lands on the character of Proteus um, and obviously Proteus uh, from the Greek mythology and this is me using my my, my, my memories of Mad
4: more. Wiki skills.
0: Uh, no, no, no. This is this is something I, I did in primary school. Oh, we did right. like this whole thing on Greek gods and all the rest. He's one of the ancient gods. I don't think it was a Titan, but I think he preceded um, what's his face? Uh, Poseidon. Poseidon as a, a god of the sea god of the sea. So which was quite interesting because then we link into the fact that he knows what a whale is and it looks like he comes from some sort of maritime background. You know, he was
4: Oh, I never picked up on that at
0: all. You're which totally I, fucking right. Which which I thought straight away, I thought that's, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, he's picked a name oh. you know on the off chance, but this name links to the sea and it looks like his life has come from the sea. Um in terms of his livelihood before he Died, etc. Um, so we have that side of things. We have our characters, um, our, uh, our our Murray and uh, Vanessa attend the the party held by the very, very, very eccentric um, Egyptologist who is absolutely fucking brilliant. I think, he, especially <laughs> on the first episode, I was just like, this guy's amazing. More of this, please. I love the fact he keeps talking about his wife, but no one sees his wife.
4: Yeah, I love his fucking hair, man. His
0: hair's amazing. His hair is pretty amazing. And uh, they arrive there and decide that they're going to have a seance. And um, they bring in this woman who clearly isn't, you know, she doesn't have the gift. Um, But we already know from the previous episode that Vanessa does have the gift. And while they're in the middle of doing the seance, Vanessa is kind of overcome by this demon who starts recreating specific moments from from Murray's life, uh, like putting the uh, um, the demon's perspective as that that of his daughter, and then you get some of the most. This is this to me is where this show fucking shines straight away. Because this to me is horror, right? Because this is the sort of thing you would see in a horror movie but I don't even think they execute it as well in horror movies. She starts doing, and this is all Eva Green, she starts doing the creepiest fucking voices and the most menacing looking faces. And then she puts her hand on, all their hands are on the table and then all of a sudden all the glass shatters. She then climbs on the table, continuing, uh, constantly dropping C-bombs. She likes the use of the word cunt, um, yeah. which made me think she was possibly Glaswegian, but it turns out she's not. Um But uh, yeah so she starts doing all that and then her body starts to contort backwards very similar to what we saw the vampire do in the previous episode Um, and this of course freaks out everyone Um, she leaves the the party she's already bumped into uh, Dorian Gray by this point but she leaves the party and ends up shagging some random out in the street for no reason at all really Um, obviously Murray is uh, clearly shocked by this um, he attends back at the house the next day with the pictures, uh, which weren't looked at because of, obviously, the event that happened, um, and our little Egyptologist guy takes a chance to look over the pictures, um, and he comes to the conclusion that, basically, there is some sort of spirit, demon, devil, or whatever we want to call it, uh, that wants to possess Vanessa's character, and... Um, And, yeah, so we get that side of things. Meanwhile, uh, Frankenstein is out on the town with he's his his best bud, Mr Proteus. They bump into Josh Hartnett's character and Billy Piper's character. They have a kind of interesting encounter. He takes uh, Proteus back to his apartment and they're having this kind of really quite touching moment and then out of nowhere, a hand thrusts through Proteus's chest and then another hand, and basically his body is torn apart. Torn asunder.
4: Torn asunder. That's the the, uh, correct term. Asunder.
0: Asunder, I like that. It was torn (laughs) asunder. And then we see this very bloody looking man who turns out to be Frankenstein's first creation. Um, That's where the episode finishes. Um, I think I've covered everything. I don't think I've missed any big parts uh, in this the, episode? The
4: only thing I think I would mention is the, the, the seance. Yes. Um, uh, uh, I don't think you mentioned it there, um, was the the, the sort of possession of the Vanessa Ives character. It appears to be, and I wasn't quite sure exactly what this was because there appeared to be two of them. There appeared to uh-huh. be two different possessions and they appeared to be Murray's children.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I, Um, certainly the girl and I think the first one was actually supposed to be his son
0: oh right
4: because there's a bit he talks about bleeding from his arse he's obviously got dysentery he's out exploring with his father because he keeps saying did you name the mountain after me?" and all this but there's a bit where he says something about I'm bleeding from my arse he's obviously got uh, dysentery but then when the second being sort of possesses her she says something she talks about Fucking the cunt and all this and and red and and red like Peter's arse. Yes. So that made me think the first possession that was talking about bleeding out its arse was the sun. Ah. Not the second right. one. It was quite confusing though because as you say the voice kept changing and stuff like that and it, it was really well done. Um, but it it was quite hard to keep track of exactly who this was that was talking here kind of thing, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah i think um right i mean what, what i think this is a really strong second episode in fact i preferred this episode to the first one because this yeah, to me agree. plays 100 percent pure horror and um, that seance sequence was so fucking well shot it's yes. something that you don't generally see um in television programs nah, so, not in mainstream tv no absolutely not so yeah i absolutely loved it um the once again the characters are really good we're getting a bit more story now um i had originally thought that proteus was frankenstein i'm now thinking that the guy that yeah frankenstein's monster sorry um i'm now thinking that frankenstein's monster is the one that tore proteus apart uh-huh. and he once again has a particular strange sort of i don't want to say emo look but a He has a kind of emo haircut, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But once again, it's a visual aspect and that visual aspect, you know, that visual look sits very well with it. Um, So, I mean, the story's progressing, we've got a bit more going on here. We now know that something's trying to possess Vanessa, which would explain why she's getting these horrible visions of things like spiders and... um, you know why she's getting these twitches like she did in the first episode. Um, we 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 now know that it's somehow linked to this. You know creature that had the exoskeleton because he has the hieroglyph hieroglyphics on him. Um, we were continuing the story on with uh, you know obviously the search for Mina. We've got um, a bit more happening with Josh Hartnett's character um, and obviously the whole Frankenstein thing coming on. So I actually can't wait to watch episode three. Um, it's going yeah. to be fucking awesome.
4: Yeah, I've, I've got to say, I'm bang on board with you. I thought, I, and I, I loved the first episode. This episode was far superior. Yeah. And that that's not to detract from anything in the first episode. This was just, this was a brilliant episode. Um, few things. Um, I really liked Billy Piper's character. I thought she was brilliant.
0: I thought she, I thought she was really good because I didn't recognise her at first. It was Corinne that had to tell me that it, yeah. was, it was. So I didn't genuinely did not recognise her at all. And um, I know it that took Jamie me a wee
4: minute, and then I'm saying to the wife I'm like that, "Do you know who that is?" And she's like, it "Took her a wee minute," and then she's like, "Oh, is, is Billy thing me into?" It's like Aye.
0: Billy Piper. <laughs> I, I did not get that in um, the. And I know that Jamie Wilson had posted on the page earlier on that he's not overly convinced with her Irish accent. I thought it was actually pretty fucking good. So but I, then,
4: am I not right really in thinking that Jamie's actually from Northern Ireland, You know? not?
0: I think he is, and I yeah, think yeah. he can probably see right through that. Yeah, so...
4: well, fair enough, I, I will decry <laughs> him in that. But all I, I, I was like you, I thought her accent was pretty good. Mm. Um, and the only thing I would say to Jamie in her defence, if you want a shitty Northern Irish accent, sons of anarchy. Titus Oliver's oh, character in yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. That, that's the worst Northern Irish accent I've ever heard in my fucking life to the point <laughs> that I barely watched that season, it was so fucking bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought Billy Piper's character was brilliant, I, I really liked her character. I, I can't see where it's going with her,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, because she's a particularly over here, she's a fairly big name, Billy Piper. Do you know, what I mean, she did the uh, Doctor Who, obviously, she did the yep. uh, Secret Died of a Call Girl, she done quite a lot of big acting stuff now, mm-hmm. Billy Piper so she, you've got to figure she's not brought in as a bit part
0: I wouldn't have thought so i so would not,
4: not sure where we we'll
0: I think the thing is though, every character that would be, all the main characters thus far um, all appear to be linked somehow to a horror character or a horror yeah. myth or something like that, so she must be linked somehow
4: well, the, the two odd ones out to me are Vanessa Ives and Ethan Chandler yeah, they are, they are characters that have been created for this show. Yeah, you know, um, they don't. I mean, obviously, uh, Sir uh, Sir Malcolm Murray, but he is Mina Murray's father, so he's got the connection that way. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
4: so she, but it's interesting talking about sort of if she had a bit part and the um, the seance, the the woman that was brought in, uh, Madam Callie or whatever they called her. Did you notice who that was? No, that's that Helen McCrory She was in Peaky Blinders. Really? Uh, yeah, she's married to Damian Lewis from Homeland.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember uh, that. That was oh, Helen McCrory.
4: Hell. but she was she was done up, her makeup made her look a lot older than she actually is, kind of thing. Yeah, it? yeah. But I thought I, she was quite a big name for because you've got to figure she's not coming back. Do you know what I mean?
0: well I wouldn't have thought so but then you you never you never know you never know I think this is the thing now um, and I've said it uh, like I, I we'll obviously wrap this episode up but um, I've said it before horror television just now is the fucking thing every news network is trying to get a show out based on a horror film uh, you know a work of horror literature and all the rest and it's surprising how for so long there you couldn't get certain actors to even look at a horror script now they're pretty much clambering over themselves for bit parts and horror shows and yeah. um, that the, the whole horror genre is no longer seen as a dirty word a dirty word at the moment with actors and network stations, it's seen as a way to kind of raise your profile and, and, you know, make a bit of money and, you know, be incredible shows. Because I think that's the thing. There's there's a, quite a few shows that are pretty mediocre. This one to me in the, in the first two episodes has completely solidified itself as a must watch where From Dust Till Dawn didn't. It took, yeah. you know, it took us maybe seven or eight episodes before things kicked off. We've already had so much happen in these first two
4: yeah, I mean, even though it we dustle dawn, I would never use the term must watch for that show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the one character I've got to say that I thought was, and it really this is by the ending of episode two here, blew my fucking mind. I loved what they'd done with the character, the not the character of Frankenstein, but his monster. If you like the Proteus character, yeah, because you're you're used to the monster being this lumbering fucking creature, brainless kind of thing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it
4: very clearly wasn't, and it was this. You know, um, really kind of gentle kind of soul that was just scared of everything and then it, it, the memory of its wife and everything. Do you know what I mean? And, and it was brilliantly done. And I'm like, that this is an amazing fucking take on that, you know, on, on the Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. Yeah. And then the ending happens, like, all oh, right, so it's not Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I did not see that. And when the hand came out the chest, you're like, What the fuck is that? Is there somebody inside him? Shut up! That's just fucking stupid. But then the segment, and then as you say, the body gets ripped in two, and you see this person was behind it. You're like that. What the fuck is this? Yeah. And at first, I I know how you're saying it's kind of emo-looking. This other character, to me, it looked almost like a kind of Dracula-type character. Yeah. Kind of sharp, kind of features, and everything. Do you know what I mean? And then he said he introduced himself as your first creation father. Oh my fucking god. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? That's the monster. Thought that was brilliant. Loved that ending. And it always seems to end with Frankenstein, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, two, two
4: amazing endings have both been with Frankenstein.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see if this, you know, if one, if they're not going to resurrect the previous, if he doesn't go back and resurrect, you know, Proteus again, Mm -hmm. I would love to see what's going to happen with this character. This, you know, this incredibly angry, um, kind of more violent version of because the other one was very gentle and almost. Yeah,
4: and that's what I was saying. I, I was loving that. Like it was just an amazing take on the idea of Frankenstein's creation, that it wasn't this lumbering kind of you know, awkwardly violent kind of creature. It it was just this poor little soul that was terrified of everything, do you know what I mean? And then they kind of wonder as he was learning about chestnuts and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just thought, that's just an amazing fucking take on it. And then they flip it on its arse and go, no, actually, fuck him, he's gone. (laughs) Here's the fucking real one, do you know what I mean? And obviously it leads us in, so we know there's a backstory there now, right? So Mm -hmm. he's done this before. Because if you think back to episode one, Doctor Frankenstein's face when he sees like the Proteus, if you like, for the first time. That's right. It, it looks like it's the first time he's seen it. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. It's like, oh my god, I've done it. I looking like at that. he doesn't say that, but you know, that's the impression you get watching it. Yeah, and then you find out, oh no, this has happened before. So well, obviously I think there's... you're dying to find out what happened the first time and yeah, where did the I think,
0: go? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's maybe like, because I at first thought like he's incredibly emotional when he sees Proteus like walk and, you know, Yeah. Come across and all the rest. Uh-huh. And at first I just wrote that off like you, that he, the reason he's that way is because, you know, It's the culmination this, of his yeah, work culmin- Yeah, last, exactly. Yeah. And now uh, that, that whole scene's in a completely different light. It's because he's created someone who is calm, who isn't angry and all the rest. And I think if we do get the backstory of the first Frankenstein monster, I think you'll find that that, that will probably be quite a, a, an horrific event for him mm-hmm. because that's where the emotions come in from. Incredibly. Oh, it's an incredibly well-told story. Um, and yeah, can't absolutely can't wait till uh, till next week where we talk about episodes three and episodes four indeed so we are going to jump out right now and um, when i return you uh you will be hearing myself and graham the ghastly graham humphrey uh sit down and chat about godzilla so strap yourselves in for that the review is coming right after this break
3: i want to talk to somebody in charge You are not fooling anybody when you say that what happened was a natural disaster. You're lying. It was not an earthquake, it wasn't a typhoon. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there. Gonna send us back to the Stone Age. God help us all. In nineteen fifty-four, we awakened something. Well there's nuclear tests in the Pacific. Not tests. They were trying to kill it. You have no idea what's
1: coming. Can you kill it? So man is thinking nature is in our control.
0: And welcome back, and you have just heard the trailer for Godzilla 2014. Let me give you some information on the film. It was directed by Gareth Edwards. The, <laughs> the writers were Max Bornstein and Dave Callham. Uh, the film starred, and I'm not going to go through everyone here, because uh, there's a lot of cast here. So I'll just pick out some of them. So we've got Aaron Taylor-Johnson plays Ford
1: Brody. Aaron Taylor, kick-ass.
0: Yes, that's what he's most known as. Um, uh, Ken Watanabe plays uh, the Doctor um, I'm not going to attempt it honestly <laughs> no, you spent spend I, I time I here I, no. <laughs> Brian Cranston he of um, Malcolm in the Middle fame yes. nothing else No, that's all he did Malcolm in,
1: in the Middle that's all he did and it was fucking amazing innit <laughs> he plays Joe Brody Elizabeth Olsen oh who is in everything just now. Every fucking amazing, man. She can be in whatever she wants. She's just <laughs> fucking, like, she's incredible.
0: Every, every, honestly, I don't, and you know what I really like about it is, not only is she in a lot of things just now, she's doing a lot of horror.
1: That's
0: true. And, that, and she's not averse she's no to doing, like, a horror film. Uh, and I'm like that. I'm cool with that. More attractive women want to do horror films. I'm done with that. Well done. Well played, Miss Olsen. She plays Elle Brodie. Uh, Carson Bowl plays Sam Brody. Uh, Sally Hawkins plays Vivian Graham, and there are others here. And I really, I didn't want to go too much into that. Godzilla plays Godzilla. Godzilla does play Godzilla, yeah. which is good to know. Um, and the synopsis for this film is the world's most famous monster. There you go. The most famous monster. He is the king of the monsters in film. He is
1: the king, but does that make him the most famous? Well, F- I, famous? Suppose, I suppose, like you know, my mate. Is Frankenstein <laughs> not the most went... famous monster? Well, yeah, Frankenstein's monster well that's it also. yeah yeah Thank, thanks but, oh <laughs> getting schooled on the
0: podcast yeah well Frankenstein's but, monster is he not who I'm calling Frankenstein for? yeah big
1: Frankie <laughs> uh, of, of Frankie and Benny fame yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> he just started up his own Italian brand went, restaurant uh, chain uh, throughout the UK <laughs> um, yeah my mate went to see Godzilla and uh, she came home and she she mentioned to her ma that she'd gone to see it and she was like oh you know it's like a remake blah 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 and, I was like, yeah. and she was like alright he claim the Empire State Building and then this one as well there's no Godzilla, <laughs> and the synopsis, right? The synopsis. Let's 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 do this synopsis. <laughs>
0: so well, we're already we're getting into semantics here. About is he the king of monsters? Yeah, well, but, well no, he is well, the king is, of is, was, But is I he was the, was the most, most, most famous? Okay, is he okay. the most okay. famous monster? Would I would say, say he is, right? Well, it, yeah. Well, I mean, who's? Well, let's define fame, right? Fame is, like they talk about stars being big. He does want to live forever. He don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck uh, yeah so the world's most famous monster is paid against malevolent, malevolent creatures who bolstered by humanity's
1: scientific arrogance yeah we're arrogant we're science look at our science y'all um, <laughs> fucking science man and <laughs> think Clown Posse got it right they don't want to speak to no scientists holy shit he just dropped ICP on the show <laughs> Fucking hell! What's that though? Fucking just, hell, man! Oh See what man. happens when you get me on? I, tell, I talk about fucking. Dude, I, I, and I just did the
0: on the midnight horror show um, last. We
1: week, This week's uh, Midnight Horror Show... This is the three lines and options if we haven't been able to get through yeah. it yet.
0: <laughs> this, last week's Midnight Horror Show, uh, Dr. Dark actually sung some ICP, rapped oh. it and his Virginian accent, it was fucking amazing, <laughs> uh, but he could have spoke it the way he was sitting on you know, it. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking like a hoedown. Uh, anyway, right. So, the world's most famous monster is pitted against malevolent creatures who, bolstered by humanity's scientific arrogance... Threaten our very existence
1: So when I, when, I, when I just glanced at that there I thought it said The world's most famous monsters pitted against malevolent creation That's It's just Godzilla fighting a death metal band oh, I, would, that. I would watch it <laughs> It's <a> off <spin-off. laughs> <laughs> We are malevolent creation Bow down before us
0: I'm Godzilla I'm bow down before no fuck <laughs> um, So uh, Aye right. So Right So I'm trying to work out how I'm going to do it. Right, so... Right, should free, free. we do
1: a spoiler-free part first? Yes, we'll right, do a spoiler-free
0: okay. part first. So we will have a quick discussion about it. We will then give our scores uh, and then we'll come back after that and we'll do a spoilerific ific review. Um, right, I- I'll kind of lead us off here and then when we come spoiler to spoilers you can lead us off, right? So, um, I actually really enjoyed this film. Um, I thought, right, is it the greatest Godzilla film ever no 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 never was going to be though and I I think anyone that expected that really you need to kind of get a reality check right Um, I thought that Gareth Edwards did a really good job at directing and you can obviously see why he was selected after his um, previous film Monsters Because the use of Godzilla in this film is very similar, until the end anyway, mm. is very similar to the use of monsters in, in his film Monsters, in that it's, you know, it's present but it's not in your face.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he said that, that two of his biggest influences for this in terms of the monster were Jaws and Jurassic Park. Yeah. Where, you know, the the you, you see glimpses of what the things can do, mm-hmm. but it's not. Like you know, right in the face, and and that's been part of the criticism that a lot of people have been at It is that it's a Godzilla movie, but that it's not really that much about Godzilla. Which I kind of get what they're talking about. Yeah, but,
0: but I, I, I mean, I, look, this is this is my argument, and I've mentioned this on the Midnight Horror Show. Is people the people that have said that there's not an, not enough Godzilla or not enough fighting in this film are hypocrites because last year Pacific Rim gave them a large kaiju. Yeah fighting film where from the start to the end with maybe breaks of 10 minutes you're getting constant fights between kaiju and giant robots so if you want to see CGI large creatures fighting off or squaring off and destroying cities and all the rest that's the film you should have seen and no one fucking went to see it the film did not do it Overall, it's done quite well, but the Asian markets what bolstered it yeah, up, yeah, yeah. um, of these reasons. Yeah. But um, that film didn't do particularly well in the states or in the UK or in Europe. Yeah. So I mean, you had your chance at a film like that. If, I dare say, if that film had been a raving success and people had clambered after it, Godzilla might have been slightly different.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I, you would have had a film company saying to Gareth Edwards, "Listen, I want you to put more Godzilla in it." Yeah. So I don't think that's a fair criticism, because I actually think that godzilla is more impactful because he's not in it yeah, yeah as yeah. much because yeah. if we see godzilla i love the the, the the flashes to him during the film yeah and this isn't spoiler stuff guys but the flashes to him in the film of like it looks like he's about to fight next thing it's a news report five hours yeah, later yeah, yeah, yeah. i really like that because yeah. you're only getting snippets of him when that fight happens later on in the film it's oh it's glorious to yeah. see because it's, it's the whole film is like a crescendo it's building up to that moment and when you get it it's so satisfying because yeah, yeah. you waited for it
1: yeah And see, see that bit when yep. like when they're just about to start fighting and yeah. then you see it on the news and everything like that the, the first time when his big fucking leg stomps down yeah. he beats stubby toes he's adorable <laughs> uh, you want to pet goods I, I just want to hug him man but uh, and then the camera pans up and everything like that and you see his face and then he roars mm-hmm. and like I've seen the movie twice now and both times when that happened like proper legitimate goosebumps. Oh yeah, just i got like, the same in the cinema. Yeah.
0: When he roared I was like this is this is what I wanted in the 90s. This yeah, is what yeah, Roland Emmerich yeah. didn't give us. Yeah, exactly. He gave us some
1: strange he fucking... He gave us Matthew Broderick. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Broderick
0: <laughs> being of my existence. Go back to being fucking Ferris Bueller. You yeah, dick. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I do like Ferris Bueller. I just want to stress that. So um, yeah, so I, I, really liked, I really liked the direction. I think there's a couple of things. Maybe... My my biggest gripe, and I can say gripe just now because we're going to go into exactly what happens in the film, but my biggest gripe overall was maybe they didn't pick the best actors. Now, I want to just stress this just now that I am fully aware that, as horror fans, we have rose-tinted spectacles when it comes (laughs) to previous films, you know, Mm. originals. The acting standard in the original Godzilla film... Oh, God, I Yeah, it's not the fucking greatest in the world, you know what I mean? So... As a result, it's very hypocritical for us to sit there and say, um, "Oh, well, the pig characters were really wooden and this and all the rest." I don't think Aaron Taylor Johnson is particularly good in this film. Yeah, I think guy's fucking ripped now. He head. is fucking huge. Ain't he? He's really, like, really. <coughs> I thought he was. I thought he was ripped and
1: kick-ass too. Aye, aye. Um, but it looks is, like man. he's just kept going. He is. I'm. I'm not above uh, admitting that fucking. But that last scene in Kick-Ass 2 when he's doing like fucking chin-ups and, yeah. and, shit, and the guy's just fucking ripped man yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of a man crush
0: one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> problem here was and I, I, I'm kind of stealing something that someone else said if you're not giving the monster a lot during the film the driving force of the film is character Yeah. if your characters are not easily connectable mm. um, from an audience standpoint I didn't find I connected with him well at all mm. um, and obviously go, when we go to spoilers I can talk about more in the cast and what happens to them throughout the film but I don't find him the easiest character to get a film his story arc quite convoluted of a guy that's wanting to get home Yeah, he yeah. seems to take a lot of detours to get home
1: yeah but it's because he's doing the right thing well this
0: is the thing right he's doing the right thing yet he has a wife and a child who need him, and he keeps reassuring her on the phone. He's not on the phone saying, "Listen, honey, this is something I've got to do to save mm. the world." He's like that. I will be home. I will be home. What's that? There's a bomb mission which oh, is going to take me somewhere else. Well, fucking le- let's sit up, boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Patting the backs, so cigar calm in the mouth. You know what I mean? I, I I don't necessarily think that was a great casting choice. However. I really like Elizabeth Olsen in this film, and once again, what you said, I like Elizabeth Olsen and pretty much everything.
1: Oh man, she's she's, a she's perfect, fucking really good actress, and she mm-hmm. is. She's really good. She, she's, she seems like a really genuine person, she does. and she's fucking amazing. Just and in she general, she is quite hot as well. She, quite hot, man. She's yes. fucking amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, if we if we also maybe overlook the fact that wherever she seems to go in the film, disaster seems to happen. Yeah, yeah. But once again, that's a. Device so and understand ple- that, yeah, a, yeah, 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 but it's done in pretty much every action yeah I mean, watch Independence Day, guys. I mean, everywhere See fucking. Will Smith punching alien in the face. Yeah, welcome to Earth. Fucking shit well, I hate that movie So much man Honestly they gave me a start. But anyway uh, So yeah Right so Those Bill are Bill Pullman man yeah. <laughs>
1: What are you fucking Bill Pullman in this movie man i have been Dude, all over fuck
0: that my boy. Jeff Goldblum in this film oh!
1: <laughs> Talking about chaos theory <laughs> with, with water Rolling in his hand You look like Oh, oh, oh <laughs> chaos theory Because you don't know Where it's going to roll next time Yes you do Thanks to the laws of adhesion The water is going to follow The exact same path again Next time Come on Jeff Oh, you can man. you can fucking turn said, yourself into a fly but you can't figure out that water I, follows I water you, I sent
0: you that, that video that rap video where basically looked his incredible yeah, laugh yeah, from yeah. <laughs> one of the coolest things ever he's going to laugh he's like <laughs> <laughs> for no reason he sounds like a, a small baby tiger he's well, amazing um, uh, but anyway yeah so I, I, I said so yeah I, I mean acting I didn't think was maybe the film's strong point but once again like I said Godzilla has never been known yeah, yeah, yeah. for for you know the the, the of the thespian choice. <laughs> um, <coughs> I I thought especially I thought the CGI was phenomenal
1: because it didn't look. I mean obviously you could tell it was CGI, but yeah, it yeah. didn't look pure in your face CGI. It didn't look it didn't look over the top CGI. Aye. I mean I think Godzilla still had a, and it was funny
0: because Godzilla to me when I was watching it still looked like a guy in a suit. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it had yeah, that sort of yeah. feel about where in the previous one it looked Aye. like some sort of weird lizard. Ah. dinosaur and this one it looked just like someone had done a cgi man in a suit yeah. and i
3: like that i'm yeah, down no, I with I that. that he had a very yeah. kind
0: of almost esque way walked and yeah, yeah. all the rest totally loved that so from the design point i quite like that um the, the cinematography was stunning and like uh, when, looked, when you're out in hawaii and in yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. japan as well and things like, especially the, the the sequences and the the abandoned area in yeah, japan yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it's so fucking cool yeah, so so cool yeah. um so i really enjoyed that the score is amazing Right, and I, I don't know how much attention you paid to the score when you are watching it. I was too busy greeting. I was all about the score because the score is not completely in your face, but what I loved about it was the use of Japanese instrumentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, loads of taiko drums, loads of Japanese flutes and stringed instruments. Yeah. And that sells it for me because there's a there's a particular sequence where they're in, I uh, uh, would it's not Seattle, that's San Francisco, isn't it? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. So they're in San Francisco, and he, he obviously his foot's in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, yeah. pans over the kind of Chinese style yeah. uh, pagoda sort of building up, and in the background the scores playing something, and there's taiko drums on, and I was like, oh, yeah. "This is fucking awesome." Yeah, this yeah. you oh, know, like, I was doing that. I was doing the whole uh, Robert De Niro from Analyze. I was like, "You, <laughs> you, you're good, you, you're good, you." You know what I mean? I thought like, this is fucking awesome. Absolutely loved that. Um, the story, the story art was actually pretty cool as well, and I know that the film did so well. Financially, that they've already announced it's a trilogy now. Oh, uh, amazing! Did you not know this? No. Is this new? Right, right, and um, basically, Gareth Edwards is on for the trilogy, he's doing all Badass. three. Um, and whether he'll do all three or not's he not, will. he's definitely doing the second one. Cool. Um, and because the film did, it's had the third strongest opening this year really? behind The Winter Soldier, and I can't remember what the other one was. Spider? Um possible Spider-Man actually I think. Um I think it did better than Spider-Man I think. Yeah, man. Muppets or um, like that, Which which they didn't think was possible. Um because running up to this film there had been a lot of speculation that the reason we were getting so many trailers and there was shitloads of trailers and shitloads of oh, clips yeah, yeah. and all the rest, the reason behind that was they felt that the advertising campaign wasn't necessarily going to pull in people and they were getting worried that it might have been this year's John Carter. Shitloads oh, of, I mean? Shit of money spent in there. No one fucking turns up to see it. Right? That's because John Carter was fucking terrible. It was, it was brutal. It was brutal. Or last year's Lone Ranger, for example. Where a lot of money it. goes into it and it doesn't achieve. That was so terrible. But easily, easily made its money back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the studio's you know, so confident in it, we're getting this sequel. Uh, which I mean, that's
1: that is awesome. That sorry, is huge. Say it's uh, like sideline here. Sorry, but yeah. Lone Ranger and its opening weekend yeah. last year we didn't even crack double figures in our cinema. Really? Yeah. Holy fuck. That's pretty bad. i on no, our main it. screen. I've not seen it. It our main screen opening weekend we had like eight people. I wondered why it For lasted less, less than a
0: month in the cinema here. Fucking uh, But yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, I, oh, I really enjoyed it. Um Now, <laughs> I don't how to even broach this with you because I know alright the thing is anyone, that, anyone that's anyone that been listening to this podcast from the beginning right or anyone that knows Graham or anyone that's listening now should go back and listen to the the, the first 14 episodes where Graham's <laughs> on it and you will very very quickly possibly in the first episode if memory serves Graham pretty much comes out and tells you that he's all about Godzilla Godzilla is his thing
1: Right. I I'm, I'm somewhat fond of the big chap you, you
0: are somewhat th- fond of the big chap and obviously we talked about when the news was announced that they were going to be doing it again and this has been long talked about but when we had an official date yeah, yeah, yeah. which we found out last year we were positive about it yep. excitement was high you got a chance to attend the European Premier yep. which you jammy bastard and he was, <laughs> he's got photographs of him wearing a suit on the red carpet and um, so, Graham.
1: Incidentally, not my first premiere. I'm just throwing I that know. out there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, you here we go. Uh, it is like
0: James Bond, really. I am actually James Bond. You,
1: <laughs> you are actually James Bond. I am James That's Bond.
0: That's all right. All this time I've been calling you Graham. I feel like a bad <laughs> um, But yeah, so, Graham, you went to see it. You went to see it in the premiere. You've been to see it since. Without spoiling things,
1: just give us an overview. How awesome was it, Graham? <laughs> man, it was alright. <laughs> it was fucking amazing, man. Like, Obviously... I, unfortunately I had to cancel the whole shebang but I'm such a fan of Godzilla that I was planning on getting full leg tattoos of him fighting King Kong mind. yeah unfortunately I had to cancel well, it speak to I me made, by the way at the anywhere. end of this podcast
0: because uh, there's a couple of guys in Toronto that are fucking phenomenal that oh really shit, yeah. oh amazing oh, right cool
1: that's definitely happening then I also yep. want to get the uh, the Jurassic Park theme music tattooed on me somewhere <laughs> Yeah, it'd be fucking amazing, eh? oh, man. I just, just imagine someone, the first time you meet someone who can sight read,
0: and they, you know, they look at your arm and they're like, <laughs> they're like that. Jurassic Park? And that. You're like, oh yeah! I mean, that's the one that you marry, by the way. Uh, man or woman. Man that or woman. woman that's the <laughs> one you marry, right? Amazing. The one man, that knows man, what that is. Beast? <laughs> the one that knows that understands it. Accepts it and says it's cool. That's the one you marry. Done, if man. they run away, then it's not for you. Yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah. Uh, so yes. So um, big Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, obviously I was so psyched about it. I was slightly concerned that it might be a repeat of nineteen ninety eight. <sighs> oh yeah. But I haven't seen the trailers and everything like that, and just seen that they'd actually done Godzilla properly. Yeah. You know, just in terms of his design. Mm-hmm was enough to make me kind of think which we didn't see to quite um, late on in the advert campaign which
0: I mean we were still kind of like excited but very much aware that things could still be fucked up Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: but just the fact that they got the design right was a big check in my, my book because mm-hmm. you know he doesn't look the exact same as he did in, in you know like a lot of the earlier ones no 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 but um it's but, taller but yeah yeah did you see so, that so, you so saw the, yeah, did you yeah, see yeah. that I thought it was probably
0: someone had done the, the measuring scale of like yeah, how big yeah, Godzilla's yeah. got it. but you see how he started he, he is like a he's like a tiny Godzilla and at the end he's like oh, the, the he, fucking mega size yeah man. Man, this is
1: why you couldn't own one because you'd have to feed him at uh, mm. yeah. just feed him a Snickers have you never seen that advert no. Oh, it must have just been an American thing, man. Right, we'll look it up. After this, we're looking at right, it. Right, right, right. Cool. It's fucking amazing. It's just and it's amazing. jet skis and everything. It's fucking right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so good, man. I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, so so we went and um, you know, like instantly, I was I was so fucking jacked for it. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing getting to see it in Leicester Square, the novelty of seeing things in Leicester Square hasn't worn off for me, despite the fact that. You know, obviously, that was a big part of, of my life for a long time. Yeah, getting, yeah. Seeing yeah. See Leicester Square still hasn't quite worn off. Getting to watch it, you know, with Aaron Taylor kick ass and Elizabeth Olsen and mm-hmm. Brian Cranston and all that, was cool as fuck. Even without all that, mm-hmm. right? The movie was fucking excellent, right? The, there's, it's not perfect. It's not perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in the movie that's fucking stupid. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's just fucking nonsense. The, yeah. I, I mean there's been criticisms thrown at it about you know Elizabeth Olsen's character is essentially sexist because she's just a damsel in distress type of a thing I don't buy into that but I can see what people are getting at in it. and a lot of the characters are kind of cliches and all that type of stuff and maybe people wanted more Godzilla in it and you know the, the blah, blah 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 you know what for the 120 minutes or whatever it is that it runs mm. I was sitting there just fucking nailed to my seat mm. having an absolute fucking blast yeah 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 and uh, you know what that, that was all that I wanted I wanted yeah, Godzilla fucking fight. fighting other monsters um, destroying cities and all mm-hmm. that type of shit and you know not being like sort of like son of Godzilla and all that type of stuff where they're trying yep. to turn fucking Godzilla into a character and everything like Godzilla's yeah. a big fucking giant lizard thing mm-hmm. who just is on a hunt. I mean, that's what he's doing. He's hunting the the mutos. Yeah, the mutos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't want character development from him or any of that. Yeah. Shit. yeah Although yeah. the bit in that movie, I can't remember what movie it is, but the one where he does the Highland thing, that's fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> but so so there's not you know <laughs> you ever seen that? That is <laughs> so good. Uh, proof that Godzilla is in fact Scottish. Yes, um, so
0: he says that he's the half brother of Messi that's what it is it's true story,
1: story. Asian Irish Asian Irish he's <laughs> you isn't he? Yeah, Godzilla, I, Godzilla yeah. you're like the Hulk <laughs> <laughs> so when you get angry you turn into Godzilla when I don't have my snickers I turn into Godzilla <laughs> when you <laughs> hear the call of the Muto you turn into <laughs> Godzilla it makes a lot of um, sense you know like the bits when um, that's why you're wearing that t-shirt because it's so obvious that you, you like are you Godzilla wearing it that like you get away with it that yeah, makes sense it. Like, uh, but yeah like the the bit when you know the, I don't think any of these bits are spoilers here so I'm just sorry I'm trying to I, cracked his um, I I like the bit when um, you know uh, the Japanese doctor guy essentially thinks Godzilla's his pal. yes And you know Godzilla's swimming uh, along, and there's two big fucking navy submarines just swimming alongside them. Mm. You know, just just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> <laughs> really doing it. I mean, there's a lot of that type of stuff in it. It was just sort of like, alright. But I picked up on that a lot more the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time I was just happy to just kind of roll with it and just yeah. be like, you know, oh, can we trust Godzilla? Yeah. You know, like that was like fucking hell, that's a stupid thing to say the first time around. Second time I was just like, yeah you know what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool, roll with it. Yeah. Um it's very much more like an American version of the kind of well, Gareth Edwards is actually British but mm-hmm. you, but you know what I mean. Um an American version of a kind of original series Godzilla movie. Yes. Where, you know, I, I it's it changes a lot of things and it does definitely Americanize it and all that type of stuff. But just in terms of um I was expecting it to maybe be a bit more like something like Cloverfield or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that it's not, you know, it's no. not a kind of serious type movie. I mean it yeah. takes itself seriously but by sort of you know, just allowing itself to just be fucking mental. Yeah. Um Once I, again I, I, though the, the
0: film the film it's like all these people that throw like accusations of it being silly or whatever. It's a it's a film about a giant prehistoric <laughs> creature which lives at the bottom of the ocean which has only been brought out because creatures that eat nuclear warheads are roaming the earth to procreate. Um, I mean I don't see anything wrong with that. That's what I'm saying, when you get when when that's the story premise, I don't know what you want. I don't know like like I say, you can throw you can throw accusations about the, the quality of acting. That's something you can do because that's something tangible. Someone yeah, selected yeah, that yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. You could maybe argue that the script given to that character could be cheesy or corny in parts. Yeah, you can throw that out there. But the premise of the film, the the, the overall story, the plot yeah, yeah. of the film, it's about a giant fucking monster. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you can't sit there and pick the bits that you really like and sit there and say, you know... I really wanted to go and see Godzilla because you know Godzilla stands up for you know it's about a, a, it's a bit of warning from the, the the atomic age or, or the nuclear well, age or whatever and you can sit there and say that but at the end of the day fundamentally when you go to the basic premise of the story the basic premise of the story is about a giant prehistoric fucking lizard yeah. so at that point, as soon as you know that's what the general thing is, everything above that...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: As, you know, if that's your foundations for a story, it's never going to be the strongest building exactly, ever built. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. so
1: you have to roll with that, because yeah. if you're not prepared to roll with that, why are you watching the film? Yeah, and I mean, I, I know that she posted it on just as a bit of discussion, but I read the article that Vanessa posted on. Our, yes, our yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our lovely Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't agree with the guy's sentiment at all. He's yep. basically said the original one was, you know, a condemnation of, uh, well, actually, I don't disagree with him, but I just disagree with the point that, yeah of, yeah, of I know the, the article. Like, he's saying, you know, that the original one was a condemnation of the American use of nuclear uh, war and everything like that, mm-hmm. and the metaphor for the destruction and, and everything like that, and Hiroshima and Nagasaki and mm-hmm. everything, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, th- this one's not, you, you know, sort of, uh, it's very Americanized and it totally ignores all that and everything like that. Right? You know what? He's absolutely spot on. Right? It's not hmm. a metaphor for the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but that was sixty years ago, and yeah. I'm not well, nearly sixty years ago, and I'm not trying to take anything. Oh no, it was, it was well, it was nearly seventy years ago. It would now. be nearly seventy. I um, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that. I'm not saying that it's not an important mm-hmm. uh, thing to to know about and you know to, to look into it. shut up stop texting me just now I'm busy <laughs> uh, and uh, you know to, to have, have knowledge about it and remember and everything like mm-hmm. that That that's fine but to now make a movie that's a metaphor for the destruction that happened at that point yeah I don't really see the point of that and it's not perfect if, if you make a movie that's explicitly about that yeah okay that's cool that's fair enough because like I'm saying it's a historical moment it's mm-hmm. you know like it's it's good to to be reminding people about yeah yeah, yeah the very much and so like that. and nuclear weapons and things like that are t- something that simply just don't go away yeah right so it's it's got, not, is, is Godzilla though the film to do that in
0: 2014 no I, I really don't think so uh, I, I don't re- think I it really is really either I don't think
1: so I mean you know the, like there's there's some um, hinting that the destruction that nuclear war can, can cause and things like that in yeah. this movie when they're talking about you know they're gonna blow up these things with nuclear warheads and everything and, and yeah, and yeah. All that type of stuff. And they're talking about the amount of people that it could kill and blah blah I, blah, I got, blah. But I, it's kinda of, kind of sweeped over.
0: Yeah, I got but feelings th- from the, the whole like the opening sequence with the the Nuclear power station, yeah, um, and things like that. That to me has more in common with things like Fukushima, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. after the after the tsunami, yeah, things like that you know abandoned Japanese areas where Japanese people can't go into, which are just left. People have yeah. abandoned them because yeah, you can't go. there That to me, there was an instance of that, but that's not rammed all the way through the film. So even no. that, even that, I mean, that in itself is still something that's fresh in our mind. There's no point in going over. You know the, the dropping of an atomic bomb back then is very much like you said, and that to me was you know they tried to do that in the previous one uh, in the mm, remake and the remaking the the, talking about the French the French like testing that. arms and this is what I created Godzilla and the, you get the whole Chernobyl thing and the trial there and they tried to work that in there and I thought it was very poorly done and right. I think in the case of this one they've rightly not went to that what they've given it is they've given it this kind of background that basically. When when the planet was created, there was radiation. This mm. radiation create you was a, were what creatures fed off of. Yeah. Over time, it disappeared. That's how humanity's grown up. But humanity creating, uh, using things like plutonium, creating nuclear devices creates the same radiation, which is sustenance for the creatures. So yeah. the creatures return. That to me is fine. Yeah. Once again, giant fucking monster movie. That yeah, to me is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: If anything, yeah. they're giving it a wee bit more. They've put a bit more than they even needed to do in this one, and it, I can roll with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, part of the strength of the first one is that it's a metaphor for for all that type of yeah. stuff, and you know that, and that that's great. That's where it comes from. But you, but I mean, when you look at like Godzilla versus Mothra, mm-hmm. or like the the previously mentioned Abomination as son of <laughs> Godzilla, I mean. How many of those fucking movies have missed missed all that out? Oh god, yeah, you know, and and they're all the Japanese ones, and I know mm-hmm. the guy does kind of reference the fact that like not all the Japanese movies take this take this on, but he just kind of he brushes over it and just sort of says, you know, um, well it's the Americans who have taken it and and taken out the condemnation of America in terms of the dropping of the nuclear their warheads and everything like that, and and he's right, they have done. But there's but a I, sequence but, in the film I don't, I don't think,
0: where the character hands over a stopwatch. Yeah, yeah, and tells him yeah that that's all that film needs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that this mo- this has to be a movie. I don't think Godzilla purely has to be a character that is a metaphor for condemning the destruction of the the atomic bomb and things yeah. like that. Yes, that's how the character started out, but so much has happened in terms of the the canon of the character and the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. that I don't think he has to just. You know, be be that metaphor yeah, now. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like and so I think to go in expecting this movie to be that is kind of missing the point of it. Yeah. Once again, um, why it's, it's it's
0: preconceptions before going in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you stand back and see what do you want from this film? First and foremost, the the thing should be enjoyment. You should want to enjoy this film. If you go in and enjoy this film, which you did, I did, um, and it delivers on that, then it's a success. Yeah. Um, First and foremost, uh, I, I think if you go in expecting it to have massive story arcs which relate to things which happened, you know, seventy years ago or or whatnot, and be basically a recreation of that original one, you're not going to get that. Yeah. But why would they want to make that? Mm. Um, I I don't I I can see the argument, but I think that it's it's people that unfortunately are expecting. It's like the same with every remake or reboot, right? Mm. If you have strong feelings about it, you're gonna go in with a degree of cynicism already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them live up to that, some of them don't live up to that. Um, and but you've always got the original there. Yeah. You
1: know, what yeah. I mean? you
0: can always go back and watch the original. I think Which is amazing by the way. It is, alright. But I think what will happen is that in time those that necessarily don't let's put it this way, this film has more staying power. The fact that we're getting two sequels mm tells you it has more staying power than the previous attempt Hollywood had to do it yeah. so Hollywood got a lot more right here yeah, I'm yeah. not saying it's a flawless film it's not a flawless film but I had a good time watching it at the cinema I really did um, and when Godzilla was on the screen right, it wasn't all the way through it but once again I told you I'd, I, I wouldn't have wanted to see that film which I, I, yeah, I would have marked that as a negative I was behind them 100% yeah. Um, so yeah I think uh, anything else you want to say before we grade it? well
1: no I'll carry on the spoilers right
0: so Graham I don't know if you remember or not it's been a wee while but we do the old Netflix rating over here we sure do one is hated it two is you didn't like it three is you liked it four is you really liked it and five is you loved it dare I even ask (laughs) Uh, what rating are you going to give this film?
1: well it's not fair because I'm a bit of a fanboy. I was at the premiere. I was <laughs> watching it with the people who were, you know, in the movie and yes. like that. It was a, it was a huge event for me getting to see this. But you know what? Because of that, seriously, fucking hell! <laughs> Give us two minutes. Graham's phone just keeps going. This is how popular
0: it was. See, before your phone oh. never went when you were on here. No, oh, I know. Yeah, ten mm. premieres, travel the world, <laughs> jet setter. People offend you your James Bond. Or Godzilla, oh, shit, nah, that's really uh, nice. you know, cool. one of the two. James, <laughs> Zilla. <laughs> James <laughs> Zilla and uh, people keep texting you. but uh, yeah. So yeah,
1: so I mean, this, this was a huge event for me. That was it was more than just going to see it in the cinema. It was mm-hmm. it was mega. But for that, it has to be a five.
0: A five from I
1: absolutely loved it. I will give it a four.
0: Like I say, I really liked it. Um, we'll, we'll, when we go on to talk a bit more spoilers, uh, we can touch on a wee bit. Although I've kind of basically told you, I don't really want to pick out individual things as to. I've told you that I think some of the casting might not be the best in it, but once again, that that lies with the dialogue and the, the mm. people they chose. But uh, I mean, it ticks boxes for me. It is, it is, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It is the closest that Hollywood will, Hollywood will ever get to remaking that original. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they can top it. I, the the sequels are going to go off and do their own thing. I don't think they'll ever get as close to that original in terms of. Just the vibe, the feel, the certain sequences, and that I was like, "That ah, this is Godzilla." Well, I mean, and I took that on board. I'm not sitting there going, "Well, let's look at Godzilla. There. Let's look at the CGI one." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it as soon as I saw him on the screen. I was like, "That's Godzilla." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight away acceptance. When I went to see the one in the cinema in '98, and that came on the screen, the first thing I said was, "That's not Godzilla." Right. Don't know who that is. <laughs> is Don't you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Godzuki, apparently. Uh,
1: He's called Zilla in uh, in Final Wars. Is he? And then actual Godzilla goes over and kicks his ass. Good. (laughs) Because that's that's what should happen. Every time one of these
0: uh, usurpers to the throne appear, they should be squashed. So, yeah. So, what we're going to do is we are going to start our spoilers, um, I think, now. So, we're spoiling now, Graham. Brian Uh, Cranston dies. Brian Cranston (laughs) dies. That was the... Now, it was a shock and it wasn't a shock to me because I had heard that Brian Cranston's part was a bit part. Right. I'd heard that last year. Right. So, I had a sneaky suspicion when his son went over to Japan and then, the, the you know, they were going to be on location with the Sams. Yeah. I was like that. They're not just going to get rid of his character, you know, in terms of, right, and then Brian Cranston's character went away with the soldier oh, men. Yeah, and yeah. I knew he was going to die at that point. Um, still didn't, I wasn't fully expecting it to happen the way it did mm. um, the, and that in some ways I think works as a negative on the film is Brian Cranston's presence is such loft and weight to it in terms mm. of his acting mm. that he passes the torch in the film to his son mm. and then you get his son plays a military guy who's grown up in the shadow of his father's increasing paranoia yeah the death of his mother who's joined the army and the people in the army, especially American military, as portrayed on films, are never the cheeriest, yeah, most yeah, yeah. talkative group. But he just felt very wooden as a character. Yeah. And if we are then given him as our main central anchor point for the rest of the film, traveling through with him, it's very difficult for me to connect with that. That was probably that's my probably my biggest gripe, and it's the thing and it takes the point, the big that one point from yeah. the five to four yeah. for me. And um, it's not that he's not got screen presence. When he's on screen doing his job, he's doing his job well. Um like I say the, the certain storylines about him trying to get home seem very convoluted. And I'd yeah. much rather he just said to his wife, You're safe where you are because he didn't know they were going to Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. safe where you are just now, just or go go and stay with your parents or something like that. Or something I need to do. I'm the trained guy that does bombs. We're yeah. gonna be using bombs here. I'm the only one they have got I could understand that, but the fact that you know he leaves a message for him on my way home, he goes to Hawaii, then the whole shit kicks off at Hawaii. He can't get there. Then he's they tell him that they're going in a different direction. He goes there. It just feels like a really long way to get. Yeah, home. yeah, and that to me works as an, works on a, a certain level as a bit of a negative. Um, but in saying that, though, like I said, Elizabeth Olsen is really good in this film. Brian Cranston was excellent in this film oh yeah no, definitely. the Watanabe guy who I've seen in many many films you know who's letting him fight <laughs> um, sorry for the really bad generic recent <laughs> Japanese accent I was like that he was cool you get man you kept- get <laughs> buzz uh, so I was behind I was. I really liked his character because he's the well you see he's kind of you know he's our friend sort of like yeah, yeah,
1: that yeah, yeah. and that's I mean ultimately that's what that's what Godzilla is Godzilla's a friend well, yes, no. I mean, I, I yeah. know that I know that that's that's another thing when we were talking about that article that the, the guy's kind of saying is you know like Godzilla was in the first movie you know like the the sort of the destructive force and everything like that mm-hmm. but like but it's it there's been so many more movies yeah where Godzilla is like the the you know the savior of the human race and a cartoon, thing. and a cartoon well, we yeah, grew up yeah, with uh, a cartoon where they
0: blew the horn Godzilla yeah. came out in Godzuki. <laughs> right behind them, we stupid we in the comic <laughs> thing. He was basically the scrappy do of the. Fuck off, scrappy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had that in Godzilla. We'd come out of the ocean, save the day, and go back into the water.
1: Yeah, I mean, fucking, how many times have the aliens tried to take over the fucking yeah. race and Godzilla's come out and saved us from them, yeah. right? That shit happens all this the, a, the fucking this is time. What we've grown up with. Exactly. We've grown up with Godzilla and
0: that incarnation than necessarily the original, very first Godzilla.
1: And what I liked in this one was that he wasn't the savior of the human race. He wasn't as no. much as there were not there that are trying to get in on my territory fuck that man yeah it was it was the, the alpha, alpha male of the whole situation exactly basically. Um. and yeah I mean like I, I just I, I don't see that as being a a negative point mm-hmm. anymore that you know like I, I do think this guy sort of you know saying oh well, Godzilla's at our beck and call and we need them, so mm-hmm. he'll come and get us would have taken away from it but him just sort of saying you know what like, if we don't bother Godzilla, he's not going to bother us because yeah. all he's interested in doing is taking out these things. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, just let them fight and he'll fuck them up and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way it's scripted and things is a bit kind of corny. A, a, um, a bit cheesy, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I, d- I think the overall, you know, actual sort of sentiment is is fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could have th- spent... 10-15 minutes where the we scientist man with diagrams and a, a powerpoint <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> powerpoint demonstration yeah. showing them why he thinks that God's eligible to do it I'd much, I'd much rather for the, the continuation of pace in the story yeah. than they just let them fight yeah. and that's what they do and yeah, yeah you can see that as maybe a
1: negative but pushes the story forward yeah. so to me it's positive so. yeah I, I mean I was I was fine with that and yeah. then when the fucking atomic breath hit man um,
0: I forgot, you know, it's funny how like I'd forgotten everything about um, not everything about Godzilla, but I've forgotten certain aspects. And when I saw the blue glow, yeah, uh, yeah. starting at the, like, the tail area and moving up, and I was like, I don't
2: know,
0: fucking going here, and then it started moving up, and I was like, that, I was like, oh, 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 and I was like, flames, 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 and they opened And when that hits, I was just like, now, now, now we've got to move business, like as GR says in the wrestling business, you just picked up. Business certainly fucking picked up, man. Ah, it's fucking awesome. See the, the that's where I think the movie gets it right. The fight sequences, right. The Mutos looked a bit weird. Um, I like the Mutos. They kind, they kind of look like a really kind of if if you imagine buying a new car, right, the, the, the and how an old rusty car looks. The Cloverfield monster looks like an old rusty car and yeah. the Mutos look like the brand new well, see what, model what of
1: it. what I what I thought the Mutos was that they looked like a cross between the Cloverfield monster and the 1998 God, Godzilla. A wee bit, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see where you're
0: coming from with that. I, I, Certainly when I saw it, I thought Cloverfield straight away of yeah, the yeah, shape. Yeah. Um, and to an extent, did you think that one of them looked a bit like a stapler remover? We wee bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was like, that's fucking cool as fuck. And but remove the giant staple from the earth. Yeah, that is but no, mad. there were
1: there were some there were some really cool sequences with the mutos. Like mm. not not least the the one when the first one escapes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fucking awesome. That mm. scene, you know, like just the absolute destruction. You've got no idea what the fuck you're seeing. Yeah. Um. That that was really cool. I really like that bit. And the bit when they're on the bridge when they're trying to get the train, like when they're not not in uh, Hawaii. Yeah, But like yeah, the bit yeah. when they're trying to take the the, the warhead on yeah, the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're lying you know, lying the, the on red the thing eye. and the thing's coming down and then it's like, it's standing on either side of the, the, the bridge and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that that looked cool as
0: fuck. It man. did look cool as fuck. Yeah, I, I'll give it that. I, I, I mean, they, they nailed that sort of thing. So, Graham, what did you think? Right, here's, here's my, 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 my big question for you is, uh, Golden Gate Bridge. hmm The sequence there and you're thinking to yourself, this is what, this this always gets me like that. Military trucks drive up on a Golden Gate Bridge. And there's monsters in the water. I wouldn't want it to be near a bridge. <laughs> I wouldn't want it to be anything That's collapsible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they kind of set up there, but the the kind of image of seeing Godzilla, Golden Gate Bridge, and then you see that sequence where the meoto flies up and then hits the water with force, kind of like yeah, a yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a fucking this. Uh, I was like, this is everything <laughs> I want. This is everything I want in one scene here. You've got Godzilla looking completely badass, standing Aye, up, waters okay. up to his knees or something Aye. like that, because that's a fucking huge. <laughs> and this Muto doing the whole swoopy thing, and you know, you've got the the military ships there. You've got um, the the other thing I really liked, EMPs. Yeah, and I then the planes, really just like the, yeah, the fact yeah, yeah. that they have this electromagnetic, but which fucks with technology. Yeah, um, I really liked that as well. But this is what, when I was saying about the cinematography when you get sequences like the one I was talking about earlier with the the kind of Japanese sort of shape build yeah, uh, yeah. all the rest you get this, the, the smoke and the mist kind of revealing sections of them And then you get these other clips where, you know, you've got um the go Golden Gate Bridge is your background. Um really, really cool set locations. Um I know a lot of it's C G I'd, right?
1: But um Oh, just a breathtaking to see. I, see that bit when he stands up out the water? Um, in Hawaii obviously know, yeah. so you don't know him but him getting up out of the water causes a tsunami yes that's fucking awesome <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome it's devastating to mankind uh, sorry, uh, but, but the dog survived that's, uh, that's nice. the main thing because
0: when that dog was right uh, I was right. like I see you kill this dog
1: I'll walk it <laughs> fuck you Godzilla do not kill the dog nah he, he would never harm a dog it's because Godzilla exactly but like uh, that, that it was amazing Like when they light him up with all the all the flares and everything yeah, and, the yeah, tool, yeah. and then he's big foot stomps in and everything and the band, roar band I loved up. it the roar man they just they got that so right
0: I love the fact you know, that, that so so right when they kill, when he kills that last that last
1: Muto by breathing a tonic breath yeah, down his then, fucking yeah, face yeah and then
0: they, they basically the head falls apart he's uh. like, like a bit of head and he fucking throws it down and he's just like oh
1: yeah exactly. who's that fucking
0: man I am I'm fucking Godzilla <laughs> i who's the man and then he goes for a lie Then like, I, 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 I need a sleep I need a sleep in a parachute my head is killing me Give <laughs> five minutes guys. us five minutes um, but yeah I loved that I, lo- I loved the, the that whole end fight sequence was just uh, that to me just tickled my balls all the way right I was like <laughs> now you're now you're doing what I want this is what I want from, and this is why it's a. that's how that
1: bill in New York <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like Godzilla um, if that film had been you know, every 20 minutes we're getting this big massive fight scene Yeah. all the rest. But that last sequence would have lost
1: impact yeah. because we've seen it all before. We've only seen clips before so when we get the full battle we're like, yep, and now there's two of them. And that bit when he's just like, you know what, I've had enough of this shit, man, and he just fucking smacks him with his tail. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing, man. It's it basically Godzilla's equivalent of a pimp slap. Yeah. It was. He uses his tail
0: as like, don't make me get the... F- oh, you've just been pimp slapped. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean... This is what we're saying. I, I think, yeah, we acknowledge that there's flaws in it. Go and find me a film that doesn't have flaws in today's day and age. In fact, go back to the beginning and tell me the beginning doesn't. The very first one doesn't have flaws and it has flaws. Oh, it oh, these films have flaws.
1: Um, Jesse Park. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know nay flaws it's such a good movie it's such a good movie that you overlook the glaring plot error of the T-Rex the car is able to fall down a cliff that the T-Rex is just <laughs> <been> standing at <laughs> but it's so good that you don't even pick up on it I didn't like even that. pick up on it
0: until you mentioned it but you've ruined that film for me I can never trying it I just made it even uh, <laughs> but yeah so I mean that, there are bits and bobs that n- might not necessarily work I mean for you watching this film I mean is there a particular favourite scene that you have that you think really really works um... that,
1: that first time you see him at the, the, the time in Hawaii when like mm. it pans like you know because they're, they're shooting at him as he's walking along and you just see wee bits of his like arm and his body <laughs> yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and then he stomps in and he roars in a pood. yeah <laughs> 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 this guy behind you went I did that when I saw like, <laughs> exactly. by the way if you excuse yourself
0: go to the bathroom no one will know well they'll know but they'll no judge you well they might talk about you in a podcast <laughs> a couple of years from now uh, for me the, the the scene I really really fucking oh my god that sequence when the, the first atomic blast comes from him um, yeah, yeah. that uh, that to me is like iconic I
1: think the the, the colours it was always blue well it was black and white in the first one so.
0: yeah right so I'd I wondered if they just like made a conscious choice to make it blue which seemed quite surprising to me because mm. um, I always thought that Godzilla breathed fire I think it's a cartoon that's giving me that oh, uh, breathe nah, fire doesn't, doesn't but, um, but uh, you know, it's like blue kind of blue kind of flamey misty sort of flame yeah it's blue flame <laughs> that starts on his arse and comes up <laughs> uh, so that's yeah. rough when you're coughing shit up when <laughs> your arse man. But yeah, I loved, I mean, that to me, when that was and I, I genuinely, like you said when he rose for the first time, goosebumps, when I was sitting in the cinema going, and it
1: was a Less Leicester le- 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 square, le- square is 7.1 as well. Oh, Jesus. So feel, feeling it through the floor and everything, man, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. I really, really
0: liked it, really liked it. I think, like I said before, I mean, uh, well, obviously we said Brian Cranston dies, uh we can tell them that Aaron Taylor Johnson makes it home to his family. See that thing you were saying about, oh, Elizabeth Olsen's character is only a damsel in distress.
1: Yeah.
0: Yet she's a nurse in the film who's helping people that are injured. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I don't under, Yeah, I don't understand how... It's not as if, like, her husband said, don't leave the home, wife. Yeah, so keep the home it's fires true. burning and she yeah. just sat in the house all the time being scared yeah. she went out with her son did the fucking job sent her son away because she wanted to the of danger and then helped people in the hospital I guess that's true yeah whoever said that fuck you fuck them um, like, read between the lines man seriously um, is there anything else
1: that you want to over. I don't know where they're going to go with the sequels, but I'm, I don't I'm excited either. about what they'll do with it. I mean, they cuz they can't just rehash the same thing, right? Well, yeah, they can't have more mutos that just Aye.
0: suddenly suddenly appear. Yeah. Um, however, we we now know that a Godzilla could live at the bottom of the ocean hibernating. That is true. Um and has been awoken by the sense of I suppose that's yeah. true. So you could have a different version of God, not Godzilla, but another version. Godzilla
1: versus Mecha Godzilla.
0: You never know. Which I, 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 <laughs> you do you do not know? Um, I'm the same as you. I don't know. I I hope they don't do some cheesy kind of Transformers. Godzilla
1: versus Pacific Rim.
0: They yeah, could just appear. You
1: Both just, legendary pictures. They, they could, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a crossover there. That um, could happen, man.
0: But I like I don't know I don't know where they take it I don't want to see like some alien creature coming down no I, like, I, don't, I, don't
1: I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the same movie again of just yeah. oh well remember last time when mm. these monsters awoke well yeah. now we've got another one yeah oh no uh, I wonder what we're gonna do man you've not learned your lesson exactly I don't want anything like that yeah. but at the same time you know what What's it going to be? The they maybe going to sort of be the military against Godzilla and a kind of thing? You know, like if he's yeah. still out there. But well, then, the then Godzilla he's...
0: saves the city and people cheer him.
1: Yeah, I know, but if it's a kind of case of, you know, well, if he's still out there and we, we <laughs> don't know but what's happening, then people maybe... cheer him until he goes back in the water and everyone turns and goes, he was a dick, man. Look at <laughs> that building over there.
0: I crush my car. So <laughs> you're uh... just giving him a Snickers? <laughs> I need to see this. You minute, do, man. man. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I, mean, I don't know where they take it, let alone for. Another film after that.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man, but um, interesting though. Okay, well, I did. The thing is, though, I'm not going. Go, I'm not going to go
0: it. into it with the same trepidation that I went in. Yeah. To see this one, I'm going to go in fully committed. And those that complained there wasn't enough Godzilla last time, well, you're going to get a lot more in the sequel because you ah, don't need I to my, yeah, try and build up a, a yeah, story arc, or anything. Yeah. From that, Godzilla will be there as soon as trouble happens. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. I, I thought, um, as summer blockbusters go. I delivered the goods. And it's not necessarily well, per se a horror film. No, not um, at all. But Godzilla, I think, ceased to be a horror film a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's it based on a character which is from the Japanese aspect of being yeah horror yeah. to an extent because it's a monster only because it's a monster. But, um, no, I mean, it was something that definitely fell within our world of talking about And I'm glad that I got a chance to talk to you about it because I've spoken to other people about it but, not all of them have seen the originals. Ah. So it's difficult to sit there and meet me say, well, there, there are elements here. The look, the design, mm. the feel of certain sections evoke the spirit of the original films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when people are like, oh, I, well, the only one I've seen is 1999. You're like, no! Slap them
1: in the face <laughs> with the back of your hand. With
0: the back of your tail. the back of your Godzilla pimp slap. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So, anything you want to say before we we wrap this up and uh, take a break to close up the show? I fucking loved it. (laughs) That's all you need to know. So, we're going to be right back after this break to close up the show. You're listening to the Podcast Under The Stairs. And welcome back. So, you've been listening to the Podcast Under The Stairs, episode number 27, where we have discussed and reviewed... With spoilers the film godzilla so it's still in the cinema just now if you get a chance you've not seen it go and check it out if you have been to see it you have seen it you've heard a review you have anything you want to add or disagree with come across to the facebook page and leave it there remember if you're not a member on the facebook page even though we've got loads now um, quite a lot of people coming over recently but if you're not a member you can still come across it's not limited to a certain amount of people you just go to your Facebook page type in the search bar along the top podcast under the stairs and join the conversation Graham, did you enjoy that? I did, yeah, how, did it, so. how did it feel being back? homie homie it does, <laughs> it does kind of feel like you've never been away gallivanting, <laughs> exploring the world while I've been staying at home preparing to be a father yeah sorry about that mate that's alright, I mean, <laughs> you know, I kind of did it to myself, really, I think, but, Um so, yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, it's been, how long, what, when was the
0: last time I was on, January? Yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, show 14 was us doing our kind of recap of the end of the year and what we were looking forward to, Thanks so, for you, yeah. January, and this is, is now, June's tomorrow, first day in June's tomorrow, Fucking so, hell, um, yeah, so, it uh, has been a wee while, but you've been,
1: been, you've replaced me with buzz.
0: you've been busy, buzz has been on quite a lot. The Bass has been coming on to help me out with uh, From Dusk Till Dawn the television series. Oh yeah, I haven't actually seen any Which of Which we, but... well, um, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, there's some cool ideas. I, I'll, Machete's going to be in season two and that's pretty much the only reason I'll check it out big Danny Trejo okay. uh. obviously no the character Machete but Danny is going to be the kind of big bad in season two Danny Trejo's um,
1: fucking amazing in the Muppets movie I'm just going to throw that out there I have not seen it yet oh mate it's amazing I
0: can't wait to see it though and that's that's given me another reason to want to see it now <laughs> um, but yes yeah, so the Baz has been on helping me with that and obviously Baz V Horrors moving on but we were just disco- uh, discussing in one of the breaks there that when the selection is made for for Ghost Film You'll come back and join us, oh, I will, yeah, like, cause yeah. ghost, ghost films are something that's close to your heart. so uh, we'll we'll have you back on me, you and
1: the Baz. So oh, fucking hell, <laughs> <It's sighs> getting the three years in yeah, room, What's right, yeah. what gonna happen? But, cause Baz and I have never actually met. Have you still never met Baz? no nah.
0: Fucking hell, right. Well, that'll be rectified in the next one. <laughs> <coughs> that podcast could run long um, or short, depending on whether or not they get on. <laughs> <Union is busted>. <laughs> <laughs> You formed, you kept, didn't you? Um, <laughs> but uh, but I just want to stress just now, Baz didn't actually form UKIP for any of our listeners. Well, not not that I know of. It, well, yeah, he could have done it in his private life. But we don't exactly. know about if that. God
1: knows what happens in Baz's private Ooh, life. Let's be man. honest. Let's not no pull
0: at that thread. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so graphic. But yeah, it's been it's been awesome having you back on the show. Uh, obviously. Um, well, we've said before you're not going to be a stranger now you're going to be, be appearing right. popping up yeah.
1: like a genital warp
0: So you can't get ready oh yeah that's not a good one uh, <laughs> not a good one at all <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, usual outs at the end of the podcast um, check it. I'm not going to go through them all because I don't have the energy so check out the stuff on the league check out the stuff on Horophilia uh, make sure you're checking out the stuff by our good friend Gary Hill um, Gary's fucking. I don't know how he has the time, man. He's honestly. He's got another new podcast. Uh-huh. He's got two since we. The you should get. Weird. Ah, you should check out his other one though. He does uh, commentaries to uh, uh, WWE events. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. If yeah, ever yeah, there was, yeah. if ever there was a podcast that me and you need to appear on <laughs> together. Uh, it needs to be that one so Gary, if that you, Ga- Gary when you hear this next time you have one coming up let us know I don't and have Gary, the WWE network in there there's Graham but we'll source but the fucking we'll source this stuff and we'll be on to do that because that'd be a laugh
1: that'd be amazing uh, Gary I'm also uh, by, as, as aware that now that fucking LA put Ducks out of the playoffs that I need Chicago to fucking destroy LA and Gary's a, a Hawks fan so fucking mon! moan gary right. let's, let's you, do this you've heard that gary he's, he's, he's willing you to give power to the hawks i don't that i,
0: I feel like i'm speaking japanese right now <laughs> this means nothing to me but uh yeah so uh, check out gary's stuff gary's guy's fucking awesome and um check out my homies over at the midnight horror show um oh, was, I, it's the most fun i have podcasting um, out not with, my much. Just not out with my show <laughs> Let me finish my sentence It's most fun I have podcasting Out with my show Which Graham's on um, cause it's, just a, it's, just, it's just a blast So you need to check them out That show's live every Wednesday night um, Midnight UK time If you're awake and have sleep deprivation Or sleep problems like myself Or if you're in the States It's at 7 Eastern Standard Time live on all Radio X you can still get their podcast through iTunes and Podomatic and I think they're talking about getting themselves up on SoundCloud as well so uh, check them out great guys um, the next show um, I believe uh, will be a show with a review of All Leaders Die which is a film that makes its way to cinema I think it's in VOD just now in the States but I think it makes its way for a small cinematic run Um, on the 13th of June so that's Friday the 13th um, over in the USA so I believe that'll that'll contain a review of that film um, and it should also contain an interview that I'll be conducting with the director Lucky McKee so I'm looking, I can't wait for that um, because he directed The Woman which came out in 2011 and it was a film that I I really enjoyed I thought it was a good film so looking forward to discussing his thoughts behind All Cheerleaders Die and then the following podcast after that will be the special roundtable discussion that I have arranged. Um, it will be with four other horror podcasters from different horror podcasts as we discuss horror remakes and reboots, the good, the bad and the unnecessary. And that will be a You're precursor... The good, the and the ugly. The <laughs> good, the bad and the ugly. Now, you hear that, Baz? You're getting name-dropped a lot here. <laughs> um, and uh, what we will be doing is talking through our opinions on horror remakes and that is a precursor to... 10 weeks of uh, the countdown of the best horror remakes and worst horror remakes, top 10 selected by the podcast Under the Stairs. So plenty coming up your way, uh, plenty of shows to check out there. Um, Graham, thank you very much for, for giving up some time, Great coming through to visit my child and aye. my pups. And your pups. Uh, eating my crisps. Aye, good, so, drinking my juice and eating those shitty biscuits. Colin, no, what shitty, think?
1: shitty biscuits we're all
0: right, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, um, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners, Graham? It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Don't make I make sure
1: it's not another fucking five months until you come back. Yet. It will not be. Well, I mean, I've only got two months left in the UK. I so mean, back on the show. I don't I mean never, physically back that in it. That <laughs> that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Only got two months left in the UK, so we should try and well, we we'll get. I'll be back on here for the the buzz. Yeah, one. yeah, and um, I'll I'll be too busy in Glasgow. Ah I'll and be, I can well. al- I can always jump on
0: one of the remakes
2: and things that, like would that would
0: be well. cool I'm going to do I'm doing a list and I'm sending a list out to all the podcasters and basically saying to them pick one that you want to be on and come on and then we're doing the top two or three are going to be round table discussions as well okay, cool. so mm.
1: there's no, nothing to say you can't jump on one of them but if you want a, an individual want to jump on as well just jump on that cool. so, uh, it'll need to be something that's on Netflix or that you can send me a copy of because I've uh, sold all my DVDs you've sold everything nice. uh, that I have it'll be yeah. something that I can source and uh, pass your way so that's not cool. a problem so, on that note, I suppose, farewell from Under the Stairs. There you go. <laughs> oh, I t- I
0: t- I'm, I'm tearing
1: up here. It's like, <laughs> it's like Grave at Godzilla. All like right, the Ger- Jurassic
0: Park ride. A about both it. sides. <laughs> it's a cross between the two. Um, yeah, so take care of yourself, everyone. I'm Duncan McLeish. I look forward to speaking to you very soon on the podcast Under the Stairs and uh, speak to you then. Bye, guys.